the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bear their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. Kramer for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan, tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Hey, everybody! I hope you can hear me. My headsets are out. Dan, can you hear me? I Yes, I hear you. Wonderful. That means the world can hear my voice of jubilation because I think the Chicago Bears won the draft. Dan, what do you think? Well, again, I'm not I'm not Greg or um, Neil or, or Danny Shimon, so I can't come on here or even Nomad and tell you what's up with like what we whom we drafted or how great they are or anything like that. But just as a Bears fan, I look at the positions in what I perceive to be the needs, uh, the thing that still bothers me is the offensive line. And I don't mean to be negative, but Dar- uh, Darnell Wright was the first Bears lineman drafted in the top 10 since Jimbo Covert. Mm-hmm. So, and what was that, 83? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a generation, 40 years before we drafted another lineman in the top 10. And so what I'm saying is, for the most part, post-Ditka, the line is constantly always in flux, with the exception of the one that got us to the Super Bowl in 06. It's been like a generational problem that they don't commit to, and I'm thinking, all right. You know, I'm not sure if they should have passed on Jalen Carter. Well, at least we know he has a good dick, at least from the NFL (laughs) Network. (laughs) <laughs> but when they pass on Jalen Carter, it's like, okay, but then they draft this kid who's like, you know, 6'6 and 350 or whatever. I'm like, okay, good, man. It's alignment. All right, I'm happy. But nothing else. I mean, even if it was like fifth round, couldn't we get a center in there? Like, just give us something else. Like, I feel like the line still needs work, man. And uh, Tuch, I know, was uh, 
was upset because we didn't draft the defensive end. Mm-hmm. So, and it felt like when I listened to everybody talk, and again, I'm just going by people on, you know, whether it be CBS or the Barroom Network or the NFL Network or whomever, it felt like we drafted a couple of people that were quote unquote projects. So as the, I look at the list, uh, I'm hopeful, but it feels like the consensus was that the draft was like a, uh, maybe for the bears. Please give well, me optimism. I will. And, but before I can't go, let the uh, Jalen Carter Dick thing go without showing this to people in case they don't know what we're talking about. This was live in the NFL network. The names that we're hearing is Jalen Carter, the D tackle from Georgia, just won a national championship with the Bulldogs. Big dick, big guy, big dick, big dick, big dick, six, three, 315 pounds. He could make an immediate impact. So uh, big dick Carter, uh, is not a member of the Chicago Bears, and I think that is probably a good thing. Clearly, from what we've learned, they took Darnell Wright and they gave him a physical exam, a cardiac exam. They worked his ass off for a considerable amount of time, and the young man never complained. The young man uh, kept uh, hustling and playing hard, and just because of that, He's the logical choice over Jalen Carter with uh, on a team that preaches this hits principle. We saw or we know of Jalen Carter's pro day workout. He couldn't finish it. He died of exhaustion. He was out of shape and so forth. And so they probably tried to do the same thing with Carter and it probably did not go well for Jalen Carter. And so, so the you best- think it's his conditioning and not the legal thing that maybe have been the determining factor? I think it could be um, because I think that he has explained that publicly in a manner that seems acceptable to most. Now, there are some people who think there could be a civil lawsuit coming down the road. And so why have that kind of hanging over the player's uh, head? And we know that Polsa says he wants a locker room uh, where he has high character guys and that they can't take a risk on a player, as good as Jalen Carter may be, but they can't take a risk of having a, a troubled player in this locker room, whereas the Eagles can. They got Fletcher Cox and other veterans. They're a winning team. Uh, they can help this young man get through the struggles of the NFL. So I really do believe that Darnell Wright was the best choice of those two and that he is going to be the the staple at right tackle for the next 10 to 15 years. And with Braxton Jones, the left tackle, yes, he had a a tough rookie year uh, in some aspects, but we know of his character. We know how smart he is. We know how athletic he is. He fits this Bears scheme to the T. And so there's great hope that he's going to make a big leap now that he's been working all off season with the with a uh, an NFL quality strength and conditioning coach. So I have hope that uh, we did not screw up this first round like we have in so many other years. No, no, I didn't mean the first rounder per se. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact I was dismayed by the fact there weren't more, there wasn't more investment into the line. And allow me to shout out again, just because we don't have famous people from here too often from West Virginia. So again, uh, Mr. Wright is local played at uh, the Huntington Highlanders in high school here, which is right by Marshall university He's about two hours away from me. I should have known about him, but I didn't know that until the night of the draft, but I was happy in spite of that, 
uh, just the fact that it's more protection for number one. But again, I, I just I thought, man, I wish we could have gotten that center that you talked to from Minnesota mm-hmm. or or any of the centers, man. It just feels like I, I'm not happy with Cody. I don't know why people are just like, oh, Cody Whitehair's the center again. Like Cody Whitehair just had a plethora of high snaps at inopportune times when he was the center the last two times. And it, he's been a part of the Bears' struggling line for a decade now. Mm-hmm. And he's – I would rather see Lucas Patrick at center myself, but I don't know everyone's just like, oh, we're, we're, we're good with Cody. I don't think we're good with Cody at all. I, I, I hate to say it, but I hope Cody's cut in June or something. Like, I just don't think Cody's got anything left. It might happen. It's. I think it's a bit unlikely, uh, but it could happen. They could save some cap dollars. They, what they would have to bank on then is that Lucas Patrick can make it through the entire season uninjured. And we know, of course, he suffered two big injuries in 2022, his first season with the Bears, and uh, missed the second half of the season. Missed portions of the first half. So right. that's the risk, you know. And Greg That's why Eagles I wanted said, them to draft another center, though. Exactly sure. right. I mean. Sure, but you also got to remember what Ryan Poe said. I can't fix this roster in one offseason. So it is, you know, there are going, we expected there to be holes. And they did try to address the defensive line position, which has been really devoid of talent. Uh, well, all, all of last season, we know, of course, that that defensive line was horrific. So you go to the second round and they got this big, kid who could potentially play the three tech that athletic defensive tackle position that's lined up between the guard and the tackle and is his job is to disrupt what's going on in the backfield so you got Gervon Dexter um a, a, a definitely an athletic project but I, I have hope that he's going to really surprise us and be a big contributor almost right away. He's Tyree, massive too, just huge. He is six foot six and almost three hundred pounds, and he can move. I mean, that is so cool. Uh, Tariq Stevenson, uh, the cornerback, could now step into that opposite starting job of Jalen Johnson, and then you put Kyler Gordon at that slot corner position and now you've got three excellent starters and you got a fairly decent uh depth and at that position uh so that's encouraging Zach- uh, can i comment on stevenson real quick please do take your time i have a friend who is a huge U fan i mean like he loves the university of miami and has his entire life mm-hmm. and likes them as much as we do the bears so I asked Doug, I was like, what do you know about the Stevenson kid? He's like, man, I like him. He's physical, but he he just gets burned like at the worst times. Mm-hmm. He's like, maybe that gets coached out of him, but he'll be physical. He won't be a shitty tackler. He's good in bump and run if necessary. He's, he's just physical. He's a specimen in that regard. But he says he just gets burned whenever you need a big stop. He gets burned. Mm-hmm. So that's and, worrisome. And – um Greg Gabriel's scouting report for the barroom said that he saw one game of Tariq Stevenson and it really soured him on Stevenson. He went back after Stevenson was was drafted by the Bears, he went back and re-looked at that game and said, well, maybe I was a little too harsh because there are a couple of plays where it could have been the safety's fault and so forth. But overall, I think this guy has a promising NFL career because of his size, because of his speed, because of his intelligence. Um, he does have a um, – he was 
was suspended in his freshman year uh, for a legal uh, uh, situation. He, he was in a bar fight, and so I don't think he he was uh, convicted of anything, but he was suspended by the team for a little while. So he, he's got he's got a, a bit of an edge to him. Um, the third round pick, Zach Pickens, is a guy I think we should all be excited of. Another big body, another athletic guy who can you know help this Bears run defense, which as we all know, was atrocious last year. I won't now, go I've heard through. some people say that Pickens could be the three-tech, too. I've that is correct. That is correct. It, it appears that the roster might have two or three guys that can play that three-tech position, and so they'll, they'll have those guys rotating. I think that's the Bears' plan on how they're going to handle defensive line. They, they want seven or eight good guys that they can rotate and keep fresh for all four quarters. So I'm excited to hear what you think about the running back because I read on Twitter that uh, Paul said something to the effect, we couldn't believe he was still on the board mm -hmm. when yep. they drafted him. So what what do you know about the Johnson kid? Roshan Johnson was uh, was the second uh, string quarterback, um, excuse me, running back at Texas behind the guy that was selected as the first running back in this draft, B. John Robinson. He Roshan, went to the Falcons, right? He went to the Falcons, correct. Roshan Johnson could have easily have been the starter in just about any college uh, in the United States. And he is a really a great, great kid, young man. Uh, he's got everything together. And also as a running back, he's a bulldozer. He's got quick step. He's got quick agility. He can uh, uh, juke people out. Didn't run the fastest uh, 40, but I think somebody on yesterday's Gabriel show said that his GPS during one long run of his was like 22 miles an hour, which is unheard of. So the guy, it, it plays a lot faster than the 40 time. I've been, Dan, you, you know me. I've been saying this for the last month or two. I really do believe the Bears' number one running back is going to be in this draft, and I think it's Roshan Johnson. I really do. You did say that. And uh, so – who do you think's the odd man out then? Because you're only going to keep – are you going to keep four backs? I doubt it. There's a chance they might, you know uh, – I don't know if any of them have uh, practice squad eligibility, uh, but I, I definitely think Khalil Herbert, Dante Foreman, and Roshan Johnson are going to be suiting up every day. Now, the uh, Travis Homer, who they picked up uh, to be their third down back because he's an outstanding – blocking back and has excellent hands catching the ball out of the backfield. He might be the odd man out or he just, they might not dress him for every single game. So you know how these bears have been talking about, you know, whoever has the best week of practices who dresses on Sunday. I think that's what they're going to do with these running backs. And we still have the fullback as well. We brought him back blazing game or whatever you say his name. Yeah. If anything, he's probably the odd man out and we probably ha would have one of the tight ends do some of his backfield work in terms of blocking and stuff. Um, but the other thing is Roshan Johnson is, is big enough to perhaps handle some of those kind of fullback roles. Uh, so that's good news. And, and he's the type of guy who is just going to eagerly want to block the shit out of people, uh, unlike some running backs that we've had here in the past. 
Um, Squeegee says that when Scott was selected and they were showing his highlights and explained how he was running back, he was a running back turned wide receiver. My mind pictured him as more of a returner special team addition. Any thoughts? I think that's where Scott's going to try out for first. I mean, in, in terms of potentially making the squad and making the roster, uh, that's where Scott is. But I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't rule Scott out from potentially being one of the five that suited the wide receiver and there are packages set up for him because of his extraordinary speed. He's Valus Jones chosen in the right position. I think uh, day three, round five, and he's an electrifying player. And so uh, I think the battle now is with Valus Jones and Tyler Scott. And if Valus Jones doesn't make the roster, they'll probably try to hide him in the practice squad. But, you know, an extraordinary athlete like Valus Jones, who also runs a 4-3-40, he, he may not be able to hide there for very long. Some team in need of a speedy wide receiver or return guy might pluck him off the Bears practice squad. Here's the other reason. Uh, here's another reason I want you to have hope, uh, Dan, because these players, I think, are all guys that we can hope will make the transition. I could talk about the the rest of the guys, but they, they, uh, these guys are all – Big hope, with the exception of Darnell Wright. He's going to start immediately, and there's no doubt in my mind he's going to play at a high level immediately. Everybody else is a hope candidate. But you've also got to think that in this draft, we acquired our number one wide receiver, D.J. Moore. We also acquired a first-round draft pick for next season. That gives us two. A second round, what is it? A second round draft pick in 2025, I want to say. So we we acquired additional draft picks, a starting wide receiver. That's how you build the squad. You get, you build up all these assets. You build up young, coachable players who are good locker room candidates. I like the direction that this team is going. And yes, while other play other teams may have drafted more name marquee players. The Bears selected guys that are part of their plan. And if you know their plan and embrace their plan, you have to be as excited about this draft as I am. Well, I, I'm always optimistic on it. Like I said, I just look at it from a position standpoint. And they, like we've said before, they could always target Leonard Floyd or, or someone like that to be and move him to defensive end. But I just I don't know who else is out there on the line. As you talked about before, well, maybe you can't trust Lucas Patrick, and I know we can't trust Sam Mustaver, who's not on the roster presently. And I know we we've seen Cody twice at center. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how many bad snaps can the man have before? Thank you. Before, um, you know, we're like, I don't know if this is going to work out. And then when he goes to, and it's not Cody's fault because he's been shifted from guard to center to guard to center. It's like. The Bears always seem to stunt their players' growth with multiple positions like that. But he's just like banged up and has never really excelled at any position. So I'm not sure why we would have confidence in him at center again. I just that worries me. Well, he he has had moments, you know, uh, and somebody in the chat, uh, sorry I didn't save it to put it up on the screen, said that uh, Cody did make the Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl game uh, as a center. And so you know, yes, he had probably four to six bad snaps in all of the time that he played at center, um, and he's four not four or six a game. <laughs> he <laughs> no. had he had no he had a lot of high snaps, especially uh, in like 15, 16, 17, That first era, whenever he was 
or even 18 because i remember like phil was phil was so mad at me because i was like dude are you watching the same game because he mm-hmm. was so protective of white hair i was like he's got a lot of bad snaps but and, anyway i'll die on that horse if i need to but i'm well, just worried and- about the line man i just i'm worried about fields that's what i'm saying Sure, you want to do everything possible to protect uh, fields. And so let's also remember that on the roster, there are other center candidates other than Lucas Patrick. There are There's the rookies uh, that were collected last year. J. Tyree Carter has uh, got the body and the makeup to play center. So I'm sure he's going to get snaps at practice. They drafted an actual center from Illinois, I believe it was Doug Kramer. So we've got other candidates who are young and unproven, but after an offseason could be showing up to Hallisaw in the next day or two. They got OTAs, you know, ready to compete for that center position. So um, everyone uh, says that we signed a, a, an un, he's an undrafted guy from mm-hmm. the University of Pittsburgh that's supposedly uh, a steal on the, the free agent market that they, his name's Gabe something. Did you see him? He's like 6'6, 330. Yes, you, you sent me that one, right? Didn't you? Oh, I uh, think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I uh, t- frankly, I didn't do my homework on these undrafted uh, players because I'm letting uh, um, Greg Gabriel do it on a special Gabriel Talks Football tomorrow. Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling above all the pictures of naked women. You, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Bears have signed one of the top undrafted free agent. Offensive lineman Gabe Huey, a six foot six, three hundred twenty five pound offensive tackle, offensive guard as a senior right tackle at Pitt. He did not allow a single sack, so that's good news. Uh, definitely uh, hopeful there. But I, I just think that you know, while the team doesn't have a roster yet to compete for a Super Bowl, I think we're on our way there. We, you know, we got to have get some luck. Some of these younger guys have to pan out. The coaching has to improve. You know, I think you were the one uh, uh, moaning about it last season. The defensive line coach probably should have been fired last season. Uh, so let's hope that now with a full year under his belt, because he, he was, that was his first year coaching the defensive line. He was an assistant in the past. Let's hope that he uh, picks up his game and can develop these young players, because that's a big part of this rebuild. You've got to have the great teachers. You've got to have the great position coaches. They have to establish relationships with the players, and then they uh, have to get those players to do what they're being taught. So I, I don't know, Dan. I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna tickle you. Come on, Dan. Come, come on. Come on. Yeah, here you go. That's my Dan. That's my Dan. I, I think you should have more hope about what's transpired here. This is part of a big plan, like building a home. I think it's it's gonna be uh, okay. Renewables right. here. He was uh, sick for a while there, Dan, and I know you were concerned about his health too. After you saw yeah, that yeah, picture sure. I posted online. I, I I am optimistic overall, especially with Rodgers out of the division. <laughs> Isn't that nice? No, but no, for real. For real. It's no, like with, with Rodgers gone, it feels like that lifts a storm cloud. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's sunshine now. And I'm not, I'm not saying Jordan Love's going to be bad. And Kirk Cousins, as much as I am guilty of, of saying ah, he's not that good and stuff. If you look at his statistics, we would just be gushing cum if like a Bears quarterback had some of his stats. And, and then, of course, Detroit, they drafted a young kid, uh, I think, in the third round. Mm-hmm. And Goff obviously played well last season. So, But Detroit's on – it seems to be on the upswing. 
Minnesota seems like they're cutting a lot of their veterans and and maybe on the downside and green. We don't know what we have with Green Bay, but either way, what I'm saying is the Bears. It's it's they're in it, mm-hmm. even if it's. Like, oh, well, you won the division, but you lost your first playoff game because you can't compete with some of the other teams. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. uh, the division is wide open, especially without Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. I agree with you. I think there is a chance we could compete for the title. We'll, we'll see, uh, obviously, once these we, we get a better look at these young players and, and how well they can play. You know, The team overall is going to probably be the youngest or second or third youngest team in the NFL. So, you know, it's hard to predict championships when you got a roster so young. But, hey, here's a really good thought by uh, my man Cliff. He says, Cody Whitehair or Lucas Patrick should be better than Mustard for understatement. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> that, I knew that made you feel better. That does. Yeah, Mustard for, man. I mean, it's just like I, I know the first year he got in there, it's like we had nobody else. Mm-hmm. We, but we – had other like we could have found somebody within like the next two years mm-hmm. he was just dreadfully bad but it's just like the whole argument again i don't want to get you defensive about charles leno but uh the thing that so many people would say about leno or even mustaver is like ah oh, at least he's there he's there he's dependable he starts but i mean if he's starting and not succeeding you know. That's a problem. <laughs> That's definitely a problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, thanks for being here, but please, can you do your job? <laughs> um, I love this uh, chat comment that came in even before the show started, I believe. Uh, Frank says, he's still disappointed. Lovey Smith was not invited to announce a draft pick on stage for us. <laughs> I would That's love not- it. It's like uh, Lovey, Lovey's like Tucker now. Like we were talking last week, like Tucker Carlson is part – I don't know if you saw it. It's like he's got roughly 30 to $40 million left on his contract. And if he goes anywhere that Fox, is, Fox could argue as a competitor, he mm-hmm. could forfeit that money. So he really? can't talk at all, essentially. Yeah, he can't talk anything that Fox can say, oh, you're on our competitor. So mm-hmm. basically he can't talk about politics. And it's like Lovey's got a similar situation. I don't know if he's not allowed to talk, but as you pointed out, He's got he had some money left on his contract that he's not going to coach to because he wants that money. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very similar in that regard. So I, I'm not saying Lovey, if had he been invited to announce a pick, would have forfeited his money, but it, it may be who knows. <laughs> I don't know how those contracts work, but yeah, it would have. I would love to hear uh, Lovey's thought process and going for two and winning the game and by by proxy uh, helping the Bears. I'd love to hear his thoughts on all that stuff, but I don't know if we're going to. He keeps uh, not responding to my invitations to be on the show. So uh, maybe maybe uh, during the hot summer months, we can get him uh, here. Uh, let let me ahead. share you a quick story. That um, Is it Stephen Mee? Is that how you say his last name? Yes. Stephen uh, hey, the- by the way, our guest just showed up. Can you save that story for us a little y- later? Yes, I could. All right. Let me bring in uh, – and I'm going to let him pronounce his last, last name because I don't want to uh, look as stupid as I normally do. <laughs> so let me bring Jeff in now. Let's see. My format goes there. There you go. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm well. It's Agrest. Long Agrest. 
I, I suspected that, but I didn't want to take a chance. Please say hi to Dan Aguirre, who is out in West Virginia. He joins oh, wow. us via still picture. His, his, his video hasn't frozen. That's just a still image as he joins us via a, a telephone line. Good to meet it's, you guys. Thank you for having me. Good to meet you too as well, sir. Jeff, uh, I've, first of all, I encourage all of our followers to follow you on Twitter because you disperse so much wonderful information about sports media and other topics. I really enjoy your Twitter account. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I've, I've always been a sports media junkie uh, since, since I was a wee little lad. And uh, I would go to games and I would record the games on VHS and I would come home and watch it, rewatch the game because I'd want to hear how the announcers called the games. That was what interested me most. You know, friends would be into the athletes. I was into the broadcasters listening to how they, you know, how Harry would sound uh, calling the game. Pat Foley, those are two of my favorites. Um, mm -hmm. I actually have a YouTube channel with, with thousands of subscribers that I can't believe have this. We have this kinship with uh, this, this VHS community that keeps this, that, that didn't throw this stuff out. And it's amazing how much old MLB games, NFL, NHL, NBA, uh, all this stuff is on YouTube. And it's just, it's a treasure trove of, of great stuff. Well, I already introduced you to Dan Aguirre, but let me reintroduce you to Dan Aguirre because he and I, to a smaller extent, are the same as you. We love sports <laughs> media. Dan, when he was in town, we spent the better part of a day watching old Super Bowl games with Dan telling me, watch this, what's going to happen next? Watch this pregame show, watch this. Dan, I'm speaking for you, but please go ahead and, and, and wax eloquently yeah, about your passion. I, I had just gotten a, a color version of Super Bowl Four. The original oh, wow. broadcast, I, even the NFL, like they created that app last season. They were calling it NFL Plus. Yeah. And before the season started, they were showing older ball, uh, football games on the app. Super Bowl Four was one of them. And even the NFL's version was in black and white oh my. Uh, for the first three quarters. So, so yeah, I showed Aldo the, the color version of Super Bowl Four, And then he and I were watching some pregames from like Super Bowl 16 and 17, the early 80s and juxtaposing them with current day, and we both came away with the consensus, is in the early 80s, they were really showing so much substance to the football fan, and today's stuff is more or less just watered down, like entertainment trying to appeal to the masses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the difference is, watch, uh, we're in Chicago, so watch a, watch a Cubs game and compare how WGN did a game with Arnie Harris with the hat shots, it was so informal and it was very, it was like a community feel to it. Like you were, and, and I don't mean to say that Marquis doesn't do that. They, they certainly are, are trying to bring everybody together, but the feel is just different and it can't, it, it can't be duplicated because you had WGN, a, a purely local broadcast outlet um, doing the games with, with local uh, people before, and after with the news, uh, you, you had just different programming around the game. And it was almost like it, it flowed all day because you would have the, the, noon, the news at noon go into the Cubs game. And at night, they would come out from the Cubs game. And, and I know Marquis has Cubs programming all day, and it's, it's really great. I, I am a fan, but they can never replicate that feel that WGN had. And that's what you're talking about, I think, with, with some of these old 80s programming styles. Yeah, like CBS, for instance, would have been uh, – they were 
like let's say Washington had just beaten Dallas in the NFC Championship game, and uh, it was actually that was the NBC one, uh, Super Bowl seventeen. They were like following, like they were showing footage of like each team watching footage of the other team trying to prepare for the game, and then they would talk to like the mayors of the town of like Pasadena and how, what they had to do to get the game. Like everything was something football related. Like they were showing you at the Rose Bowl, they had to build their platform to broadcast the game and they were donating it to the stadium for it was going to stay there forever. I mean, mm. all this stuff you would never see today. Everything today yeah. is just like a puff piece. And then they go to some entertainer that you have to be 20 years or younger to even know who the hell they are. Yeah. is performing some lip-sync bad song during the pregame. And there's very little football talk, except on the most uh, frivolous of, oh, well, you know, Mahomes and, you know, it's just something about Mahomes and, uh, and oh, oh, God, we love Patrick Mahomes. And there's no substance to any of it. It's yeah, like going to a prom and just like talking about the the the, the popular kids and, and nothing else, you know? Do you guys watch the um, pregame shows on – CBS or Fox on a, on a Sunday, Sunday morning going into afternoon. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't really have a need. Well, when you talk about puff pieces, that's, that's all those shows are. Right. You, know, you get good information from a Jay Glazer, you know, if you're a fantasy player, you get those last updates, but as far as when, and, and listen, I, I, I I'm a big fan of, of Aaron Andrews when she's on the sideline, but if she's doing a, an interview say, you know, at, at Lambeau Field with Aaron Rodgers when, when he was a Packer before a game, you don't get anything out of those interviews. And it's a whole big setup and they make it look gorgeous and it's produced really well. But as far as what the interview is about, the substance of it, there's there's not a lot there. And they're not giving you any real insight. I absolutely concur. And like back yeah. in the day, the NFL today was must-see TV. Yes. And dare I say, I thought Berman and Tom Jackson were must-see TV on ESPN. Yes, well, it was. It was. And now they brought it back on ESPN Plus just for the, you know, those of us who are nostalgic suckers. But isn't like, he with uh, Booger McFarland, though? It's just he like, is, it's but not, you it's still not get TJ. the vibe. Yeah, TJ was great. I, I would, my previous job was at Pro Football Weekly in the early, um, in the late 90s and early 2000s. And that show would come on, I think, 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. And then again at, noon, at midnight. And we'd be in the office and we'd just watch it twice because, you know, at that time we didn't have, <laughs> we didn't have the, the the Sunday ticket yet in the office, sure. and it was just it, it gave you. It was like what baseball tonight was, where it gave you the plays that wouldn't be highlights, but would lead to highlights, mm -hmm. and and that was really um, a, a good, new kind of programming for the NFL. Good storytelling. They were telling the story of the yes. game with yes, those exactly. highlights, and, and that's uh, what Aldo, you and I have spoken about this numerous times since Steve Sable died. The NFL films itself. Oh doesn't really highlight any history of the game anymore or do that storytelling that like you were saying with their, their, their highlights that they would do weekly, like the, the show that uh, Brookshire and, and Summerall did back in the seventies. Like you don't get anything like that anymore. No. And the, the, I, like the younger generation would rather be dead than watch an old game. <laughs> For real, I, I they, they'll have... be fans of a team. Like let's say yeah. an Eagles fan. They'll have no idea that they played the Raiders in Super Bowl 15. And if I gave them a copy of it, they wouldn't watch it. Well, I teach my children. They'll they'll know that they, they know about Super Bowl 20. In fact, I still have the VHS of the NFL films um, video of that whole season. And you're right. The storytelling, you know, is just the, the script writing. It's it's art. It, it, people could, might laugh at that, but that's what NFL films 
that's what made NFL films famous is turning right. football into art. And, and, uh, and combined with the, the, the music. Oh, with yeah. Sam Spence and the narration the voice, from John Facenda. Yeah, yes, it's just. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they're not as prevalent, it seems, as they as they used to be. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get to the current state of media and what are the big stories? Give me an example, Jeff, of a big story now in sports media that you think us fans should be aware of. Well, the biggest story is really the crumbling of the regional sports networks, but that's not affecting. I guess we're lucky. It's not affecting us here where you have the what were the Fox Sports regional networks that ESPN that Disney bought, but then had to sell several years ago. And they were picked up by what is now uh, Diamond Sports Group. And they're branded as the Bally's Regional Sports Networks. They're all crumbling. Uh, you have networks that can't pay the teams that they have the rights to. And we're in a real situation of things are going backward. Whereas now, uh, where now you have the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, next season they're going to put their games back on over the air television. So things are going because, you know, the, the regional sport networks can't, that, that model is broken now with, with streaming rights, with um, so many games going to Peacock and ESPN plus and, and all the different platforms that are out there. The regional sports network is losing the money, the power that they once had, you know, when you, and they were guaranteed those monthly subscriber fees, it, it was, it was stealing money because you had, most of the people who were subscribing to cable weren't watching the sports channels. You know, they say 90% were not, but they were still paying for that sports programming. Well, people have been fed up with that. They don't want to pay for the, the cable that they're not watching. And so not only are people cutting the cord, but they're, you know, not watching what uh, is the most valued product out there, which is still sports, live sports television. Mm -hmm. And so, when the RSNs are losing money, they're in trouble for paying the rights fees that they have that are contractually obligated to be paid for, and they're they're losing they're losing their their chance to carry the games. Um, so in Phoenix, they're going to go backward. They're going to go back to over the air broadcasting, and put the games on like a WGN in Phoenix for free, uh, in hopes of recouping that lost money um, from the demise of these regional sports networks. In in Chicago, Marquee is in fine shape. NBC Sports Network is in um, is it well it's not it's NBC Sports Chicago but they're still a money maker so we're not going to have. Can that I comment on that problem. on that channel specifically yeah, and get please. your reaction? The see I loved it when it was Comcast Sports Chicago. They had their in yeah. the they had their version of Sports Center which was called Sports Night, right? Uh, and it would just show you like lots of bears, lots of bulls, etc. But you got a lot of coverage, and during the week you'd have. The Bears press conferences, press conferences during the week, like I said, Wednesday, Thursday, all that was on there with substance. And then their their show that they had after the game, uh, yeah. like when like Pat Boyle hosted, they would show you all the press conferences that day. Like when NBC got a hold of it, they killed the highlights altogether. And their version of the post game now that David Kaplan just left. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Lawrence is going back to it now. It's almost, again, like one of those entertainment shows that doesn't show you all the press conferences. It's just like, if they want me to care about that regional channel, then give me the substance, a reason to watch it. It feels like they've really gutted it from a Bears fan, in my opinion. They have. 
they have. Well, they don't have the rights to the Bears. You'll notice it's called the Football After Show. Well, that's what. But I'm just saying the the show itself, like, was better 15 years ago when you had you know Richard Dent and and Dan Jiggins and Pat Boyle on Jerry Azuma. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you had. But they gave you all the press conferences and it was all football talk. And then, like I said, now it's almost like Lance and them trying to be funny. You know, I love Lance Briggs, but it's like. (laughs) It's not really – they're not giving you all the press conferences either. So why, I'll just listen well, to radio can't. then. I'll yeah. listen to the well, radio and there's then. Some, and there are some good post-game shows on the radio in town that are that are local. Oh, I love Dan um, Hampton on, on GN, WGN. I love Dan Hampton. Yeah, they, they yeah. yell a lot for sure. <laughs> You're going to have – well, that's, that's – when it comes to Bears programming, that's the next story as far as they're concerned because their agreement with – so after games on Fox and even on CBS, you would go to – either Fox 32 locally or one of their sister stations to watch post-game coverage, to watch the press conferences. Uh, they, Lou Canellis would be there, Jim Miller. But now that deal ended after last season. So I'm waiting with bated breath. I don't know who, who else is, but I am, to find out where they're going to go next. Could they go to Marquee? Could they go to WGN? Could, where, where could they go with their pre-game and post-game Bears coverage that are Bears-sanctioned, Bears rights um, coverage in, term, in terms of the radio broadcast, they're they're moving to ESPN, right? And right. Let's uh, start ESPN Yur- now. Yeah, Yurko is going to be doing the post game now, which I yes. like better than Mike Mike Mulligan. I thought Mike was so boring, and then again, you have the Patrick Manley. Like I just couldn't even listen to that. Yeah, ESPN is going to do something that's been that's very different from what BBM has done, where you had um, seasoned. Well, I don't want to say that. They're going to make it an extension of the radio station during the week. So you're going to have Mark Silverman from Waddle and Sylvie hosting the pregame show and at halftime. He'll have the halftime show. And from what I understand, they'll probably take calls about the game at halftime. Almost wow. a regular call-in show. It's, 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 going to be, it's going to be different. Uh, it might, you know, it might not be it might take some getting used to because it's going to be so foreign from what fans are used to where you get the halftime scores or whether about a town games and some anal analysis. Um, it's they're they're looking at it as an extension of their weekly radio program because they're using all of their personalities from the daytime hours uh, weekends too with uh, Dion Miller and Peggy Kaczynski. So it's, it's going to be very different and very, very interesting. That is going to be uh, uh, interesting. And I, you know, to the points that, uh, Dan has been bringing about the quality of today's show. I think part of it has to do is that these media companies are trying to expand their audience base. And Mm -hmm. so they consider certain people low intellect sports fans. And so they add a lot of this fluff stuff. And, but what I think, you know, when I've talked to people who they consider low information sports fans, they, so some of them feel insulted by some of the stuff that's on there. They want yeah. to learn about the game. They want to learn about the, the players' personalities. They want to learn, you know, they want to be talked to as a sports fan and not, you know, uh, a, a demographic uh, that they're that these networks are trying to reach out to. I, I think, think their lot- idea is, Aldo, that Aus, we're, we're part of the demographic that they can take for granted because we're always going to be there. So they don't have to placate us in any way with the coverage that we crave because they just know we're going to be there. So the idea is they can just, if they can attract the average fan who traditionally maybe only watches playoff games or the Super Bowl, 
That's their whole thing is to try to get the average person in. Meanwhile, we're just we'll take the abuse and we'll be there. Well, you look at the NFL draft coverage. So now, <clears throat> excuse me, they have the ABC coverage, which isn't as hardcore football talk as the ESPN coverage. Uh, the NFL Network coverage, they try to walk a fine line between the two. But the ABC coverage, while they'll get into some, while they got into some team and player analysis, it's mostly, you know, human interest type stories. They're trying to attract that casual fan who might watch football but um, isn't as into the X's and O's, you know, like like I am. I'm listen. I, I watch um, when it was Edge NFL matchup. Now it's just the matchup show with. Uh, I was recently it was it was Matt Bowen, um, but it's an X's and O's hardcore. It has lousy programming times too on the on Saturdays and Sundays on ESPN. But I yeah, Jaworski was really good on that show. Jaworski, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, Ron Jaworski, like thirty years ago, was fabulous on it. Him and Sal Palantonio hosted. um, uh, Greg Cosell. Uh, is also on that show, and that's the kind of stuff that I into. So oh, I in watched... the '80s, Steve Sable did that show. Right, very good, very true. So I'm, I stick with the ESPN. Uh, I'll sample the NFL coverage, but I'm not watching the ABC coverage because I'm more into the football. But to 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 appease the not, I want to say appease. Maybe they're not really going after it, but to attract the casual fan, they're looking at different ways to call to to show games. Look at the the Nickelodeon games on oh. uh, on, on on Nick. Um, uh, it's wild that that drew as well as it did. But even I sampled it just to see what it was all about. But you had kids who watched Nickelodeon. Listen, I'm, I'm that generation that was here when Nick started. So I watched, you can't do that on television. So I have a soft spot for that station. And it's funny to see that, to see on Twitter, the, the parents of the kids who watched the game because it was on Nick. And whatever works, works. Great. Bring them in. Bring anybody in who wants to watch it any way they want to. But they're coming up with different ways to find ways uh, to bring in anybody who wants to. The, the Dude Perfect. You know, I, had not, I hadn't heard of them um, before they became this big um, phenomenon with their, with their trick shots until my kids were into them on YouTube. And then they get a deal with Amazon. Okay, I get it. They're trying to draw in my kids to Amazon to watch the games there. There, people want. This is the most profitable and alluring programming on television, sports, mm-hmm. live sports, and they're trying to bring people in from any demographic, any way they can. Uh, it, it, you're absolutely right, and I actually admire and 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 embrace that approach to sports broadcasting. You know, yeah. you've got cable, you've got hundreds of channels, why not have designated outlets that appeal to certain sectors as opposed to having, you know, uh, a watered down, all, all, everything that Dan was complaining about earlier, where you have a, a watered down mass uh, appealing show, sort of appealing. And so I, I'm glad about that. Let me ask you this, Jeff, you talked about how you like to acquire all this Bears information. What do you think about the 2023 Chicago Bears as they are forming uh, under the the leadership of Ryan Poles? <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm far from a, a football expert, but, um, you know, as a reporter, you look at the facts information that's out there, and, and it sure seems like Ryan Poles is very impressive because there's a clear plan. Um, there was, um, forgive me, I forget the exact term but there was an athlete rating tool a a measurement where Mm -hmm. um 
he really seemed to be following because all these guys were rated, you know, it takes into account all these different metrics minus the bench press. Right. So you're seeing what kind of athletes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You're seeing what kind of athletes they are. And these are all athletes. I mean, look, mm-hmm. if you're a football player, you're probably an athlete, but this was clearly a focus for him to find types of players um, with, uh, with that type of athleticism to fit how they want to play the game. And, and that was impressive. And, and you see a plan with, targeting the offensive line. I thought that was, that was the, uh, to me, that was the obvious first pick was to fortify that front. They needed help for Justin Fields. Yeah. They didn't get a pass rusher yet, but you know, you can a- address that when, when the time is right. But I like that they have focused last year, focused on defense first and it was a problem in the end, certainly, but when you trade your best players, that's going to happen. Um, but I, I, I love Justin Fields. I, I was excited. They got him. I think they have more, players in place to make themselves more competitive in a less competitive division now without he who shall not be named around. And it's going to be much more fun to watch because I think now we're going to see them, not that they weren't trying to win last year, but people are going to be demanding they win more this year because that's the next step in this is, okay, now you've got some qualified players. Um, Now we need to at least get to 500. And, and, and see what happens there. I don't see the wild card, a wild card team coming out of that division. So they're going to have to win the division. But if they can jump to seven, eight, nine wins, I think people will take it and accept that that's just the next step on this path. The, to comment on that, the all, and I'm being, this is playing devil's advocate because I'm not actually disagreeing with what you said. Uh, but the thing that sort of still worries me is if you recall when Tressman was fired and the, they brought in Ryan Pace. He, you know, when he got rid of Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, he wanted his quote, his guys, his type of guys, character guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you couldn't keep Brandon Marshall or Alshon or, or, or Martellus Bennett. So I've heard this, oh, we're bringing in our guys shit before. So I hope everything you're saying about they have to start to win now, I agree with and I hope does happen. But when, when they pass on Carter, which I wanted an offensive lineman too, don't get me wrong. But when yeah. you pass on Carter and then tell me it's because maybe he doesn't have character, that gives me a visceral uh, – I have a visceral negative reaction because I've heard this character stuff before and it amounted to nothing but losses. Yeah. Let, me jump, was, quick, let yeah, me jump please. in quick and offer this opinion. I, I think the difference between Poles and Pace is that Poles is – demonstrating what he's talking about he's executing what he's talking about whereas pace you know if you remember pace said that our guys character guys and so forth and then he he signed signed in free agency his very first season ray mcdonald right ray mcdonald who you know was accused of battery domestic violence and so forth so he he didn't really demonstrate that and he didn't offer a complete plan he kept the quarterback you know that was on the team for uh several years and had not had any success jeff uh uh what's his name again Cutler? jay Cutler. <laughs> jay Cutler. Yeah. yes forgettable <laughs> forgettable right I, I and so he just didn't <clears throat> you know uh, execute the plan the way he right. articulated polls is what well to be fair jay had a solid 2015 uh you know what had, i gotta say yeah. so I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off but i, no, I don't want to forget ahead. this so you know there's always that one year that gets away what year was it where they were like seven and one? Oh my god! They, they, beat they the were Chargers. seven and three, seven and three in two thousand eleven when Jay Jay that, breaks that his thumb. Right. Yeah, in eleven. I'm telling you, that was the year. 
because yeah. they were flying. And if he doesn't just, if he just steps aside from making that tackle or trying to make the tackle after throwing the interception, of course. Which was Johnny Knox's fault, though. That Cutler's throw was on point. Knox, it was Knox's fault on the route on that one. That was yeah. the year, you know? Because well, don't they forget were, 2012. 2012, they started seven and one and finished 10 and six and didn't make it. And that's when Lovey got fired. So they had two years. Weren't they winning they games? Like, I remember that one because I think I actually went to the last one of those last wins that year. There was, uh, by the way, I like that we remember these games from 10 years ago. Just shows how we're all crazy. But <laughs> it was uh, Robbie Gold kicked a field goal to beat the Panthers. Uh, and like, that made them, I think, seven and one, and then they won like or six and one or whatever. And then they won once the rest of the season. So that that wasn't going that was going the wrong way, I think, even before then. But that seven and three team, that offense was was purring. And uh, if that hadn't happened, I, I would love to have known what what would have come of that team. What what really hurt the twelve team? Uh, they started seven and one, and then uh, Jay gets a concussion against the Texans, and they start Jason Campbell against San right. Francisco. Oh, God, and Colin Kaepernick even. started for San Francisco his first game. We get blown out. Then the next week, they come back to Soldier Field, and they give up a 97-yard drive to Russell Wilson. And then Jay throws a bomb to B-Marsh with like three seconds left, which shuts up Robbie. They go to overtime. This ended up being Erlacher's last game, by the way. And then – they give up a, an 80-yard drive, the defense, to start the sec- to overtime. So Russell Wilson had done nothing all day then had a drive of 97 yards and then a drive of 80 yards for touchdowns, and, and they lost at Soldier Field, and that was pretty much the death nail. Because, again, they finished 10-6. and six. If they win either one yeah. of those games, they're in. Yeah. Wasn't that Jason Campbell game, like a nationally televised game? Yeah, that was a Monday night game. You know what was even more asinine about that real quick? Is Minnesota, after the Bears beat Detroit, which was Lovey's last game, they played uh, 1 p.m. East, 12 Central. And then Green Bay played Minnesota. And if Green Bay beats Minnesota, the Bears are in. So we're rooting for the Packers. And Green Bay plays Minnesota. And and they allow – what's that white guy's name they had – they had a quarterback that, that was a huge bust who had his career game, his best. Bottom line is Minnesota Green Bay lays Bo- down Bo- against Min- Say it again. Uh, Bowles was the quarterback, right? Was no, he was a white guy. Something Palmer. Playing. Was his name Palmer maybe with Green no, Bay? Or not Green Bay, I'm sorry, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Green Bay has to beat Minnesota and the Bears are in, but they lay down and let Minnesota beat them. So the Vikings make the playoffs instead of the Bears, and then – then in the playoff game, Green Bay wins like 37-3 over Minnesota. But they didn't try in that game, and that's what eliminated us. But it's like, oh, of course, the one week we need Rodgers to win, and they lay down and let the Vikings win. This is why the NFL is king, because we can talk about individual games from 10 years ago. Like we, like I can do 30 years ago if you want. <laughs> sure. sure, you want to talk about the 80s? I'm, I'm yes, here for that. Yes, yes. Yeah, I still <laughs> I have I, – I, I, seriously, I was having a discussion about this the other night. I have watched the 88 NFC Championship game in my lifetime probably like 15 times after it's happened, rooting for a different outcome. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, if if they get to the Super Bowl here, McMahon's never traded. You know, and I all, I, all this – Yeah, well, that's the 87 game. 88's when they have San Francisco win in the title right, game. Right, right. I remember that game. It's yeah. like if Richard Dent doesn't have a broken leg, we beat them like because they couldn't stop Dent in, in that regular season. Without Dent, Montana's there clean, pocket clean all day. So I've watched those games over and over, just wishing something else would happen. So I, I'm an idiot. I remember the cold that day and just wondering, 
What How can San weather? Francisco win? It's quote what unquote was, bear weather. This is right. our game. This what is a, our Super Bowl. And it didn't happen. And it still bothers me. Unbelievable. When they get a dome, bear weather will, you know, my grandchildren will not know what bear weather is when they when they're playing at a dome in Arlington Heights. So <laughs> it'll be I long for them. I asked our barflies uh, to uh, submit some questions, and we got one from oh. St. Omni. He asked, uh, uh, please ask Jeff, why are there like 15 bears and more growing podcasts out there? <laughs> because it's follow- bears. That's right. Listen, I'll tell you, the, I can tell you this. On, our, on, our, on the Sun-Times Sports website, the biggest numbers are bear stories. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the easiest not that we post anything to get clicks, but a bear story will do very well. And it doesn't even have to be um, the biggest news. It, and, and I'm a sucker for that too. You know, I, I'll, you know, you see the Cubs and Hawks things behind me. If there's a Cub story on there, I'm going to read it. And that's how bears, that's how bears fans are. And that's how the NFL is really, you know, um, there are people who have podcasts that are just so disappointed that there's that they don't have the NFL content during the summer to go with when it comes to gambling or or just talking about the NFL um, in the summer because there's no content to be had or at least mm-hmm. less of it. Yeah, I, and I'll tell you our our show here is 12 months and we can't you know if we start talking about things off topic a lot of people say hey can you guys start talking about the bears again? Yeah. <laughs> so the score, the yeah. score on, on a on a Bears Monday, you know, mm-hmm. you can do all day programming. Um, in the off season, you want to open up the phone lines, throw on a Bears question, and it's it's unbelievable, really. When you when you get down to it, this team was three and fourteen last year, and doesn't matter. We're talking about indeed. Triple R has a question. He wants some insider information. He goes, "How often do you know locker room or behind the scenes closed door stuff be- about players, owners, off the record stuff, and not let it slip?" During a story or an interview, and do you want to let one slip now? <laughs> well, I don't. On the sports media beat, I don't go into many locker rooms. Um, uh, the people I'm interacting with are some former players. Uh, today, I spoke with AJ Pierzynski, who has his own podcast now um, out on YouTube, uh, which is great. Um, and I'm talking to announcers. So I don't really deal with current players so much. And my experiences in professional locker rooms is, is slim. I'm, at, at night, I'm generally on the sports desk putting the paper out. Mm-hmm. But I was there. So when Hawk Harrelson was retiring, I, was at, I went to what was then the cell for um, his last broadcast with Wimpy, with Tom Pachorik. And that was delightful to be in the press box talking with, with them and to be actually even to follow Hawk up the elevator to the press box, uh, to the TV booth to call that game. He was, he was happy, but he had this melancholy about him. I remember vividly him putting his hand on a security guard's shoulder and saying like it was last game with Wimpy. And uh, while he was happy, he was also sad. And it was just a sight to see and to be able, you know, we talk about, before we we're talking about television access and when you, when, when networks or reporters have that kind of access, you can deliver anecdotes like that. And that began to lead to that story. Just, just the, the visual of, of Hawk, you know, at his age, slowly bowing out and having his last game with the guy who he'd worked with for 10 years. Um, so that's a sort of an inside, you know, 
in the elevator story that um, still sits with me. Jeff, does it piss you off that Wayne Larrabee went to Green Bay? It still bothers me. <laughs> you know, it, it did. It did, but because I'm a meathead. I'm a meatball, a meathead. Me everyone. It, it absolutely did. But then you, you know, then I interviewed him years later and you get the story that, well, that was his team growing up, you know, as, as a kid. Uh, yeah, he loved the Bears when he worked here, but, you know, they were also paying him. It was his job. And so you learn about just human nature and that, you know, whoever, look, I love, I adore Boog Shambi, but he didn't come here growing up as a Cub fan. He grew up here as a Phillies fan and a big right. Phillies fan too. His uh, family worked at the vet back in the day. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're signing the checks. Yeah. He's going to become a Cub fan. So that's what happened with Wayne and the bears, but he went to revisit his childhood with the Packers and God bless him. He's still, I will still tune in. Well, when they were on WTMJ and other on an FM station that I can't get, but I would tune into 620 to listen, not to the Packers, but to listen to Wayne. Because, to his call. you know, yeah. rainbows, the far sideline, can't get enough of that. It yeah. seems like Jeff is a legitimate Bears fan, or maybe I'm just uh, <laughs> ignorant to that, but Jeff has me convinced that this is the job he wants. I would, uh, well, I mean, I covered, so when Pro Football Weekly, I covered the NFC Central at the time uh, when, it, when the Bucks were there. And sure. I would talk to Hub, my Hub Arkish, my boss, you know, every week about the Bears and because he was still on the radio broadcast then. Um, but even before then, you know, what, what started it for me really was the 84 team, not the 85 team, because the 84 team, they were just getting good. That was my first Bears team. I'm, I'm 48. Uh, so I remember listening to that game against the Redskins, the wild, the, uh, the divisional playoff game that year. And then they went to Frisco and got, their brains beat in, but that's what started it for me. And although I do have a recollection of watching a Bears Packers game with Bob Thomas kicking, maybe even before that on CBS and just some weird childhood memories. You the you Washington game you brought up that to me, when you say that game, I, I think of Todd Bell hitting Joe Washington. Yeah. That's yeah. and just to think that that guy could have been an all pro safety and, uh, and is sets out the Super Bowl and is basically done. Yeah. Ditka has him playing special teams in 86. And by the time he ends up in Philly, Buddy has him moved to linebacker. It's just like his whole career was ruined by whoever the hell his agent was. Yeah. You got to feel bad for Al Harris, too. I was just going to say, Al Harris is the other one. Yeah, um, absolutely. Got I another question here from St. Omni. He says, please ask uh, Jeff if the media coverage has gone back to pre-pandemic access. And I'll add to that. Um, what did the pandemic do to sports broadcasting that 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 is a result of the pandemic? What has happened to sports broadcasting that has that was a result of the pandemic? You're you're seeing it on every show. Look at our screen right now. What we're doing right now, and I know you've been doing this forever, but what we're doing right now is everywhere. And what's changed about this since the pandemic is it is not just here. It is on television. They're doing this um, on sports regional networks, on sports networks across the country, where you can easily just bring somebody in from anywhere and get them on the screen. And this is okay. We're we're used to this by now. This is this looks great. And it's been it it, it didn't look good at the beginning of the pandemic. It was if you remember that that game of horse they played on ESPN with you know we had. Um, Allie Quigley was in that game with the sky and it, it just didn't work. But by now they'd have no problem with that. 
Mm. And this is the biggest result of pandemic programming or talk shows like this that are now common on, on television. Um, are we back to the, to the access? Yes, but people are still trying to save money. FS1, all those games you watch on FS1, I'm sorry, all the baseball games you watch on FS1 are still broadcast remotely. The game Saturday night between the Dodgers and Cardinals in Los Angeles, Jason Benetti was on that game. He did the Sox game Friday and the Sox game Sunday because he didn't have to fly to California. He was doing it remotely. And that's what they've chosen. The Toronto Maple Leafs didn't send their radio crew to the first round playoff series against the Lightning to save cost because they were doing that during the pandemic. Let's save some more money. And it cost them just in credibility because the winning goal, the overtime goal in game six, the announcer blew it. No fault of his, but he wasn't there to see exactly what happened the best he could because he's watching it on a monitor in Toronto. So and, it's those and types those, of things. Yeah. And you need the feel of the crowd, whether you're at Absolutely. home or on the road, that palpable feeling, you know, like when you're in the middle of a game, like let's say it was like when the Oilers lost to Buffalo, when they were ahead 35, three, you can oh, yeah. feel that momentum. Yeah. And if you're just watching it in some closet, like you're going to be void of, of that emotion. Right. And that's going right. to hurt your broadcast. I mean, that's I a terrible you, decision. Whenever I see highlights of games from 2020 in the NFL or MLB or hockey, whatever, and the stands are empty or you see those cardboard heads, whatever, uh, it's like PTSD because I, I just, it was a horrible, horrible time. The sports, well, it was wonderful to have. We, we needed, I remember watching the, the Cubs no hit, uh, the no, uh, yeah, it was Craig Kimbrell. Maybe it, was, it wasn't a no-hitter, but, uh, oh, no, that's right, in Milwaukee. Um, the no-hitter they threw in September that year, it was, it, was, it was just numbing because there was no palpable buildup to the 27th out when nobody was there. Just, it, it's, it's awful to revisit because you just saw that the ball would just, you, you heard the ball clank against the bleachers because there was nobody there. And, and <laughs> it was just horrendous. <laughs> horrendous television but we needed it we needed something anything to get us through that and it was nice to have that live competition to at least give us that but man i have such an appreciation now when i go to a game or watch a game on television you hear the crowd and i think that's why maybe i'm wrong but if you notice these knicks games i've become a knicks fan i don't even know how that happened but because maybe they are you know they they, they link to our youth when they were playing the bulls every year um those crowds are, are out of their minds at Madison Square Garden. And I wonder if part of it is because they missed it for so long. And now that they're winning, it's just a circus atmosphere at those games. I don't know how they're doing tonight, but I'm sure it's going to be, I'm sure it was loud at some point. Um, you see, they had Rodgers missed... there last week. Rodgers was yes, there last he was, weekend. He was there, and then he was at the Rangers game the next night. And uh, yeah, he's making, his, he's making his New York rounds. But it's yeah. just so great to be the appreciation I have, and I hope others do too. Just to be back among the crowds at games. That that was really missed. When you bring up Nick's announcing, I love Walt Frazier. Walt <laughs> Frazier is is fantastic on the mic. Clyde, uh, my favorite basketball like play by play guys would have been Walt Frazier or Calvin Murphy with the Rockets. Just absolute the charismatic just through your radio, through your TV. Uh, Jim Durham. That was uh, 
that was my first was uh, my first basketball voice was Jim Durham. And I remember him during, you know, those, that bull Celtic series in 85 and just, uh, and, he, and he then, left us way too early. Yeah. But and then he, after his stint with the bulls, didn't he do the Houston Rockets games? I believe so. And he was on ESPN. So he was still around. Yes. I mean, yes. he was still accessible to, to be heard. Um, but it wasn't the same. You know, I still say rimming no in my head uh, when I'm watching a game sometimes because of, because of Jim Durham. We, we've been so blessed. And not, not every city can say this. You know, you, there, there, there have been separate golden eras of, of broadcasting in this city. And, and, and we had one just end when Pat Foley left. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on Chris Foster's. I'm a Chris Foster's fan. But it's, he's had one year doing this. And Pat Foley's a Hall of Famer. But yep. you had him and Eddie, um, you know, you had Len and JD doing the Cubs before Boog came. You had, um, uh, well, you had Hawk and Steve on the, on the Sox. I mean, everybody was just a legend or a national voice. And we had a national voice on every local broadcast. And now we don't know. Eddie left. Um, now we're getting back there because you have Boog who's national, Adam is national, Jason is is Mr. Everything. So I think we're starting another new age of Chicago broadcasting. But uh, we've had a few year, a few turns where it's just been outstanding. And we've been we should, you know, very lucky because not every city has what, what what we're blessed with to listen to. Conversely, on a national level, it's like the opposite of the golden era. I mean, like when <laughs> We had Pat. We had Pat Summerall and John Madden, just fantastic on CBS and Fox. Even Merlin Olson and Dick Enberg, great. Al Michaels, Dan Deardorff, uh on Monday Night Football with Frank Gifford, great. And now what do you got? Buck and yeah. Aikman have been boring for twenty years on Fox. Now that's your Monday Night game. Uh, you've got J- Jim Nance, who should be commentating golf. Now yeah. Romo's fine, but Nance to me is boring. As sh- I shouldn't call, but he's boring too. And the guy on Fox is fine. I don't even know his name. I'm oh, glad yeah, he replaced Joe Buck, but, but I don't know yeah. who he is. Like he's there's the Super Bowl. Been, yeah, there's no and and poor, poor Greg Olson, former Bear, gets to call the Super Bowl. But guess what? Brady's retired now, so have fun doing the second game now. You know, <laughs> unless we'll see, they make we'll it a three man team. But the point is, the national broadcast was always something you could look forward to. Now and now, I just I'd rather listen to the Bears on the radio. There's a lot of sameness. You could, you, even in the voices, I get often confused with um, Brandon Gordon and Kevin Burkhart. Their voices are so, Brandon Gordon's the guy on the Madden NFL game uh, and Kevin Burkhart is not. But I remember saying to Kevin, hey, aren't you on the Madden? He goes, no, no, that, that, that's Brandon. I'm like, oh, idiot, but they're so close. Um, and a the, lot the of The guy voices, that does baseball for Fox now, Joe something, not Buck, but the guy that took over Joe, Joe Buck. Davis. <laughs> Yeah, he sounds like Kevin Burkhart to me. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. I mean, he's, he's good too. He's a Dodgers voice. There, there's a lot of sameness in voices. There's a lot of sameness in styles. We've left the Jack Buck, Harry Carey, Jack Brickhouse, Kurt Gowdy, Jim McHara years ago, decades ago. That's that's over, and it's some. It's sad, you know. Pat Foley has said if Harry Carey were alive today, they wouldn't let him on the air. And he's right. We've gotten very PC. We've gotten very uh, sensitive toward what people are listening to and probably to definitely to a fault. I think people mm-hmm. can take a little bit more than people are given credit for. Um, or maybe not. Maybe we've just all just 
you know, given up and we will be offended by anything that we hear, however we want to hear it. But it's, it's a different, there's definitely a, a sameness to broadcasting that's unfortunate on the national level. I agree. And the Mike, Mike Breen or whatever his name does, the NBA, he worked for MSG for all, I see to me, I, 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 I'll, you know, if I want to hear really, really good in my head, like Dick Stockton was great. And then Marv Albert was great as the voice of the NBA. Like today's like that dude to me bores. It just bores me. Oh, Breen is great. Breen says bang. I mean, Breen's an institution in New York. Uh, we, We do get a lot of New York influence in our national broadcast. Now, if you look around, you see just, just, or, or even East, just East coast, you know, the Fox baseball pregame show now is Frank Thomas is out and Derek Jeter is in. So you've got Jeter, A-Rod and Pappy, which is just Yankees and Red Sox. And that just makes you sick really to, to, to realize that. So yeah, there's, there's some influences there from the East coast for sure. Jeff, as I mentioned, uh, Dan Aguirre's out in uh, West Virginia, and we've got other uh, followers here, like Frank is from New York City, PJ down in Central Illinois. Nice. Uh, the Heart Foundation from Downington, uh, Pennsylvania, and we've wow. got we get Bears fans from really all across the world, and they travel, uh, don't they? They sure they travel. Do travel. Well. So my question to you, and it's one that's really uh, on the top of uh, Dan's mind. So if you want to jump in here, Dan, is the national, uh, the Bears telecast available and out of market cities. What is the latest with YouTube taking over the streaming services? What what has the NFL uh, uh, done contract wise with making the so-called Sunday ticket available uh, uh, elsewhere? Yeah, well, it's on YouTube now, and that's going to be really exciting because you're not it, – it, for decades, it was only for DirecTV customers. And then DirecTV went ahead and made it uh, a streaming availability also, but now it's going to be for anybody and everybody. If you have the internet, you can get the Sunday ticket. It's going to be expensive. I think it was um, for new uh, new customers after a certain – if you're June a YouTube 6th. customer, yeah. June if you're 6th, a YouTube customer, it's like three forty nine. But if you're not a YouTube customer, and when I say YouTube customer, I mean you subscribe to YouTube Live TV, it's like another hundred dollars. It's like four forty nine. So it's it's not going to be cheap. I don't buy it. I get the I love the Red Zone channel. I could just sit there and watch that all day. But if you're out of town and you're a Bears fan, um, you, you might want to get, get in on. Yeah, yeah, if you buy it before Jan- June sixth, you save a hundred dollars on it. I-, I got the what they call the prime time lineup because I still actually have my Directv, and I-, I don't like the idea. I everybody I knew that streamed before would be three or four plays behind. So yeah, at no, least that's with the issue, direct- right? At least with Directv, I was live as live could be. Maybe I'm thirty seconds off of what they're seeing at Soldier Field, but it's live. Like in the fall, when Aldo's watching it on television from his local affiliate on Fox, I'm going to be watching on YouTube TV. I probably can't even text him or even follow Twitter because I'm going to see the result of the play before I see it. Yeah. Um, I think they the, were working that, on that. They're uh, working on the, I think it's called latency to make sure, because listen, you've got, you've got gambling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> too. Uh, that's why, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf <laughs> spoke at a, at a function in California Monday night, I forget what it was called, but it was like called about the future of sports. And he actually made the point that we may have 
baseball may have screwed up. <laughs> I can't believe he said this. Baseball may have screwed up with the pitch clock because how do you bet on each pitch if you mm. don't have enough time to make the bet? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that train may have, uh, that, that, that ship may have sailed, but I think they're going to get that latency issue as, as close to on time as possible. Mm-hmm. And I also know that they're going to have, and this is what's going to be great. So I'm an MLB.TV loyal subscriber, and I love being able to put four games on at a time. You'll be able to do that with NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube. And that, to me, is just... That's now, cool. from also what I understand, though, you might only be able to pick... Like, you can't just pick four games. You can pick from this cluster of games and this cluster of games to fill your screen. But that... That sounds really cool. I, I think YouTube, knowing how how good they are, I mean, look, you're you're talking about a website that streams anything and everything, all hours of the day, and it it looks great. They're making it look better for Sunday Ticket, even uh, for the whole website. But with Sunday Ticket coming up, they've made their um, the visuals look better. Uh, it's it's going to be a great product. I, I'm I have full confidence it's going to be great. I just hope on week one, September, I don't know, 11th, 12th, 13th, whenever the kickoff is, that there's not too many people on the server suddenly well, and go. then and it crashes. Yeah. Because for whatever well, people, all the vitriol the DirecTV would get, I, whatever, whenever Sunday hit, the game was on for me and there was never any problems unless there was just a, a horrific storm that would mess up the signal, some, you know, and that was an aberration. Like DirecTV mm-hmm. was consistent, like it came on, and I'm worried that YouTube won't. So I wish DirecTV was still an option for me. I would pay 500 bucks just to get on the dish, so I wouldn't have to worry about the problems that could manifest with the streaming. But I yeah. guess I'm old though, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's real old. <laughs> all, streaming is, of course, I've been here. I don't listen to my music streaming either. I still buy CDs and use my iPod. I don't like streaming unless I have to. He is I'm in on this okay. <laughs> They got me. Sque- uh, Squeegee has a question. Jeff, do you want to tackle this before you leave? Uh, sure. He has Russian propagandists said Tucker Carlson was the most honest media celebrity. Do you think this had anything to do with his termination? I know Dan has an opinion on this. Oh, do you care to <laughs> offer one, Jeff? <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, don't mean, I, I do have an opinion. I just don't think that that was correct. Okay. I, I follow, I follow that whole world. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a media junkie, not just a sports media junkie. So I'm in on the old uh, the, the Dominion lawsuit and, and and Fox News and what mm-hmm. the stuff they peddle. Um, and I've read a lot and I've heard a lot about that just on podcasts I listen to and stuff. It, it sounds like just he was just he wasn't worth it anymore to Fox. He was mm-hmm. too much. He was more trouble than he was worth. And it was, there was backroom shenanigans going on with him ripping um, colleagues that came out in the Dominion lawsuit. So I don't really think Russia had anything to do with it. I just think Fox said enough with this guy and we'll find the next guy to take his place. And they'll, I'm sure they're working on that now. Absolutely. Um, Jeff, you've been very, very kind with your time. Oh my gosh, this this was a blast. Yeah, this has been so much I got, fun. Let me ask Jeff one more question. Please. Uh, being a, a VHS sports guy, I wanted to ask you this earlier, and, and I am as well. 
one game I can't get, and if I don't want to say this, and then like it's a tease, but maybe we're going to get Jared Payton later this summer. I would love to ask Jared this. The game that I want to see that I just can't find anywhere, I want to see Walter's game against Minnesota in 77 with the 275 yards. Do you have mm. anybody that you know anybody that has yeah. that game? There was, there's a website out there that, um, it's like a community of people who have old games. I connected with a guy in West Virginia who sent me the Cubs home opener. Is it Ken? Was his name no. Ken? I have to look. I, I I've got to, a guy in West look. Virginia from uh, Moundsville named Ken that hooks me up, and a guy from Illinois that I know named Phil Connors that, that can hook me up with anything. But yeah, yeah nobody's time. got that game with Walter in 75. Nobody that I know from my contacts has it. That's I even right. asked David Kaplan. He said he didn't know anybody could get it either. I didn't get a we didn't get a VCR in my house until you know the early eighties. Um, so no, I I I I I'm not aware of of that. But you know this stuff gets hard to find. You know what really bugs me is that WGN Television doesn't have the library you would think it would have of Cubs games. They didn't take care of it. Right. You know, in their defense, who knew it would be desirable? But mm. they had. The stuff that Marquis has doesn't doesn't even touch what WGN had from its Cubs vault, and that's that's disappointing to to know that you know when you see a Cubs classic on Marquis, man, I'd love to see this game or that game. Well, they probably don't have it because WGN didn't take care of their their vaults. But uh, uh, and a lot of other stations are guilty of that WSC yeah, yeah. score they did not keep any of their tapes from their first few years. None right. of that, you know, right. I've asked Mike North for copies of some of the stuff that he's done in the past. There, there's no uh, recordings. There, no recordings were kept by the station. The same thing. I worked at WBBM TV here in Chicago for many years. They would reuse tapes. So yeah. we would, we, you know, we would shoot an important political event. And then that tape was used for a week uh, kept in a library for a week. I'm talking about the raw material and then erased. But there was so much wonderful material there that could have been used for documentaries and stuff. And some of the masters to some of the things that were uh, produced there, some of the shows that I produced are gone. Uh, I, I made a oh. huge mistake not donating them uh, to the Museum of Broadcast Communications before they were erased, never to be seen again. It's so sad. That's the, the problem with the first two Super Bowls. They were wiped uh, because no one knew what they had yet, and they were putting yeah. soap operas over their tapes. So uh, uh, like five, ten years ago, a dude in Pennsylvania allegedly found the original broadcast from either CBS or NBC of the, the first Super Bowl and was selling it back to the NFL, but then they said it was their property. So there is a tape of one out there that a guy found in an attic, but it hasn't seen the light of day. I don't know about two, but beyond that, everything else is accessible. Uh, but you know, what I'd like to see, I don't know about the local broadcast. I would love to see uh, the early 80s, like 84, 85 Jordan games. That yeah. were on, I would love to see those or even pay for them just to watch them, like to rent them. I have a, a friend gave me Bulls Warriors Western Conference final, I believe, from the 70s. Ooh. That was fascinating. Yeah. I have that on my channel. That Nate was Sermon. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Jeff, uh, we would love, love, love to have you back. Uh, love talking Absolutely. about all this old uh, sports stuff and also learning from you what's new on the scene in sports media. We just uh, didn't even 
brush on that. I wanted to talk to you about the <laughs> NFL draft coverage, but we uh, ran out of time. We'll do that in the future. Uh, sure. But uh, you've been a great guest and, again, so, so uh, kind with your time. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the, um, the opportunity here. It was a lot of fun. Tell our audio audience, because uh, this goes on an audio podcast also, where they can interact with you on social media and, and where they can find your work. Uh, I'm at uh, sometimes.com slash sports is where you can find it. Just look for the sports media tab. Um, you can find it there. I'm also on Twitter, as long as it's still around, uh, Jeffrey A22. Um, and my email address is also in the paper, jagrest at sometimes.com. You can feel free to email there. Uh, and please take a look. It's, um, you know, we're with WBEZ now. So we are a nonprofit organization. We're public journalism. Uh, you can go to the website for free and, you know, peruse what we have available. You can donate too to the effort to keep local journalism thriving. And uh, really, it's remarkable what place the Sun-Times is in now compared to where we were just 10 years ago. Uh, it's it's night and day, and it's it's invigorating, and it is... I know times are different and it's not the newspaper it was in, you know, back in the day, but things are still very exciting over there. Great. Great to hear. Well, can I ask Jeff one more question? Sure. It'll be quick. Okay. The 14 and two bears lose to the Redskins in the playoffs with Doug Flutie starting when they're trying yeah. to repeat. Ridiculous. What if Steve Fuller or Mike Tomzak start that game? Do the bears beat the Redskins? <laughs> I mean, I, I, as long as Daryl Green is playing in that game, I don't see how they how they would. It was, you know, they just it just wasn't going to happen. That team just was. They thought they were going to just roll past everybody, and you know, uh, clearly that that did not because that game in the end was not close. Neither, you know, that year against the Redskins and the next year, neither were were close in the end. Um, so no, I, I think the writing was on the wall there. Uh, Although maybe the psyche of them was thrown off by Ditka pulling his shenanigans too. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's certainly, they may have, he may have shot themselves in the foot. He may have shot them in the foot. With, All right. Well, let me, let doing. me rephrase and I'll, we'll let you go. What if Charles Martin does not body slam Jim McMahon? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now you're talking. You're right. Okay. That's the difference right there. And, okay. uh, I'm not even going to say rest in peace because that was just yeah, fuck dirty. you, Charles Martin. <laughs> I will never, ever forget that in the hit list. Uh, to this day, I will go on YouTube just to look at that and just and marvel at the idiocy and lunacy of that play. That's, yeah. the, that's the rabbit hole you fall into when you go to YouTube and just look up oh old my, stuff. Oh, and my goodness. You ain't kidding. Something's <laughs> two in the morning, and you don't know what you've done with your life. Yeah. Again, thanks very much, Jeff. It's been a Thank blast you guys. Uh, getting to know you and uh, and listening to uh, your thoughts and opinions. Take care, my friend. You too. Take care, guys. Thank you. Be well. Right. Jeff Agris, find him over at the Chicago Sun-Times. He was good, man. That was a blast. That was fun. Let me uh, see what I can do here to... Can I tell actually... you the story real quick about uh, what uh, Stephen Mee was telling me? Sure. Where I was telling you before, uh, and then uh, our guest came on. He was, you remember the Bears went to Ireland in 97 and played Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And he was at the, that event and said that he went to ask Wani for an autograph. And Wani was like, oh, get out of here, kid. That's a terrible Wani impression. But like, wouldn't <laughs> Bill, he said Bill Cower's wife witnessed Wani being an asshole to him. And uh, Kay Cower grabbed him and brought him over to Pittsburgh's bus. And Bill Cower, like, 
signed everything. He's like, I should have become a Steelers fan. But like Bill Cower and his wife uh, let him like meet the team and get on the bus and everything just because Wani was an asshole to him. Mm, wow. Yeah. Um, it's hard to believe that that's true. But you know, maybe he's he just got pictures. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not doubting it, it but uh, I'm just surprised I, is how I should phrase it because he is such, he seems like such a nice guy. So. Anyway. Oh, I thought you meant it. Was, uh, he, I was saying he had pictures from his interactions with the Cowers, is what I was saying. I gotcha. thought you were doubting his record, like what happened no, no. afterwards. Okay, no, no. okay. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, get ready to bring Tucci in here. But first, let's uh, get our weather report. You ready for the weather there, uh, Mr.? I need something to get me up, pun intended. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's see which one I got here. This is the five-day weather forecast brought to us by, uh, oh, my goodness, why, why can't I pronounce her name? Deyanira, Deyanira Mendoza. She speaks Spanish. I'll trans translate. Tonight it's going to be cold, in fact, freezing in some parts of northern Illinois. But tomorrow starts a warming trend in the Chicagoland area, 63, 72, 72, and then a 77 on Saturday. Muy caliente. What do you think, Dan Aguirre? Dan Aguirre? Oh, I'm sorry. I muted you, Dan. It looks like. Say that again, Dan? Her landing strip, like up front, the pubes. Yeah. I feel like I can see the the – I'm being an ass, like a sexist, but I feel like I can see it through her pants a little bit. Uh, yeah, you are being a sexist, and I, and, but I agree with you. You can't see. <laughs> Look at her ass. God, oh my. Do you like that, Dan? How can you not like that? <laughs> why is it? Why is it that no one pays attention to the actual weather? I mean, every guy in the chat room is commenting on. Deyanira Mendoza, but it's isn't the weather the, the focus here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Bear's State of the Affairs. Tucci, you listening carefully? Because I have, Don't be on mute. Don't be on mute when I bring you in. I'm going to play the video, and then you will come on full frame. You take it away with your bare state of affairs, and I know you got a great one for us today. So here it comes. <laughs> Is my mic last week? My mic was. Uh... Like cutting in and out, you know, although does it sound okay? Am I sounding okay? You sound fine so far. All right. All right. There we go. Bear state of affairs off season. Week 15 draft. Wow, what's happening, Barflies? Well, the 2023 NFL draft has ended, and the Bears had a bevy of nice picks to help fill the many annual roster holes. The wheeling and dealing Bears GM Ryan Poles predictably could not resist the temptation to trade around in the draft. He traded up. He traded down. He moved around. He created some drama for Bears fans. And the drama started almost immediately for the Bears when Jalen Carter started to fall the draft. 
Yep, big Nick Jalen Carter. It became apparent that the troubled defensive superstar from Georgia would probably be there when the Bears picked at number nine overall. But that wasn't the only piece of drama for Bears fans on the first day of the draft. Yeah, the consensus best player in the 2023 draft might also be there for the Bears at number nine. B. John Robinson was this close to falling to number nine. I'm not going to lie, I want B. John. But Ryan Pace took him at number eight overall, one pick before the Bears. Yes, the block-headed former Bears GM took the opportunity to stick it to his former team. In fact, this situation had to have Bears fans wondering if B. John Robinson was there at number nine, would Ryan Poles have taken him? We'll never know, but I think the probability was likely pretty high that Poles would have grabbed the consensus overall best player in the draft. Obviously, if Jalen Carter is a superstar, that mistake will probably tarnish Ryan Poles' reputation among Bears fans. The fact is, Eagles can afford to take a gamble on Carter. They have a loaded roster filled with respected veterans. They have a long-established culture and a strong infrastructure that can stand the blow of Carter not panning out. The Bears, who are in the infancy stages of a massive rebuild, cannot. So for today, it's King Poles. On day one, the Bears took massive offensive lineman and Dan Aguirre neighbor Darnell Wright with their pick. Would you believe that Darnell Wright is the first top 10 offensive lineman drafted by the Bears since Jimbo Covert in 1983? Yeah, if you're doing the math, that's 40 years. No wonder the Bears have been bad on offense for the better part of 40 years. Sheesh. Well, the Tennessee offensive tackle from Huntington, West Virginia, will be a day one starter. And that's what we needed from Ryan Poles. Day one starters. It's hard to say that Ryan Poles didn't manage this draft well, even though some Bears fans might be disappointed that the Bears did not come away with a rookie edge rusher. But the draft just didn't fall that way. Day two saw three defensive players drafted by Poles, including two defensive tackles who looked to be good scheme fits for Coach Matt Eberflus's system. Bears fans were likely reminded of the time when the Bears took defensive tackles for Coach Lovey Smith's system at Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson. This draft saw the Bears taking Florida defensive tackle Gervon, Gervin John and South Carolina defensive tackle Zach Pickens. But it was day three where Ryan Poles worked his magic, grabbing stud Texas running back Roshan Johnson and speedy wide receiver Tyler Scott from the University of Cincinnati. Both of these offensive weapons could turn out to core offensive players for the next few seasons. Bears fans should be really happy with the way that Ryan Poles conducted this draft. What stands out the most to me is the process. Ryan Poles recognized the value of the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft. He knew the value of that pick was finite and got a nice trade done with the Carolina Panthers. Heck, he acquired a number one wide receiver from the Panthers, DJ Moore. Plus, he has two first-round picks next year. He knew the Eagles wanted Jalen Carter, and he acquired a fourth-round pick for basically nothing. Then he took the guy he was taking at number nine anyway. That, my friends, is how you GM. Plus, Poles created much-needed depth. He built around Justin Field, and he put several players on notice after this weekend. Velas Jones, Kendall Vildor, Kyler Gordon, Jack Sanborn, and Dante Foreman all these players saw players drafted at their respective positions. I know. I know we didn't get an edge rusher, though, and that seems surprising to Bears fans because the Bears dead last in the NFL last year with only 20 sacks. Dead last. 
edge rusher will likely have to be acquired in free agency. But have no fear. Financially speaking, the Bears have the most 2023 salary caps available. And they have about $10 million more dollars more than the second-place Panthers. There will be another wave of free agency in the coming days as teams release players to make room for their draft picks and undrafted free agents. So polls isn't done yet, not by a mile. Any vested veterans released or street free agents still looking for a team could have Ryan Poles' eye. Also, the Bears are first in the waiver wire order for players released less than four seasons, so they have plenty of options to bolster their 90-man offseason roster. Bears fans, we just got a whole lot better last weekend. Be happy for now. And that is Bears State of Affairs. Woo-wee! <laughs> Tooch, that yeah. was awesome. That well, was your you. best yet. That was your best yet. I loved it. I know Not Dan a lot of humor, a... but a lot of reading between the lines, Aldo. Yes. I know Dan missed a little bit of it, so uh, we'll get him caught up, But because uh, he had to run yeah. to John like I do. But what I love about it, it uh, your, your opinion there, is that you you truly embrace the poll's plan about building block by block and knowing that yep. you know the assets weren't there to address every problem, nope. but the problems are going to be addressed because of the assets collected for future years. So outstanding yeah. work there, my friend. Thank you. Foster covers you. loves it. <laughs> now, let me yeah, ask uh, you guys this. Uh, uh, sorry, you were going to say something. Too. Yeah. I, I mean, we didn't get an edge rusher. I know we didn't mm-hmm. get a tight end. I know that too, but the, the draft just didn't fall that way. And mm-hmm. I mean, the two defensive tackles, That was a big need in the big offensive tackle. Another big need. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I know he took a couple cornerbacks. You know, he obviously is not uh, happy with what we have at cornerback. And Jalen Johnson might be leaving next year. So he had to to restock the pipeline at cornerback. But, man, the fourth-round pick, Tyler Scott and Roshan Johnson, you know, two big offensive weapons for for Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. I love that pick. I love both those picks. Now, I love Roshan Johnson. I thought – you know, either him or Israel Bonda kind of when we didn't when we didn't take a, a running back earlier. Some of them went off the board. Some of the good ones uh, went high. But uh, Roshan Johnson definitely that made me very happy. I, I like Roshan a lot. And then the, but if you watch the Tyler Scott tape, whew, yeah, man, awesome. The kid, double moves, speed. You know, he's mm-hmm. got it all. Great hands. Roshan Johnson got great hands. You watch us take. He, he's making one-hand catches out of the backfield. He played yeah. quarterback. We could run some trick plays. Remember Walter Payton threw a lot of touchdown passes, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Like to see some Indeed. of that. You no know, run the Wildcat as well. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the big question for me was, well, if B. John Robinson had fallen to nine, what would polls, what would polls have done? You know, I I don't know. I, 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 think, I think he would have been very tempted to take B. John at nine. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that the offensive line was his priority going mm-hmm. in. I, I get that impression, but you know, uh, who knows? Sure. He, he he perhaps could have. Uh, Dan, I'm going <laughs> to leave you with Tooch for about two minutes and twenty seconds yeah. so that I can uh, do a number two. No, actually, I'm going to do a number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, re- renewable. Uh, uh, you have to you have to uh, be appreciative of the way that Pol- as I said, Bear State, the way that polls conducted this draft. You know, he uh, 
he really uh, 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 he moved around. He got value. He got uh, he got two good defensive tackles. Danny he got big offensive tackle. He's, that Darnell Wright will, will play day one at right tackle. You know, and you know he'll do a great job protecting Justin Fields from that side of the of the line. It's just one of those deals. It's one of those deals like with Trubisky and Mahomes. If for some reason Carter is great in Philly, you're never going to hear the end of it. It's going to be like, oh, the Bears had him right there and they traded down and took Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I hope that's not the situation. I, I, Uh, uh, even if Carter is great, I hope that 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 our lineman is great as well. So, I mentioned it in Bears State of Affairs. You know that uh, could tarnish his reputation if Jalen Carter becomes like the best defense. You know, becomes like the next Aaron Donald, but just bigger. You know. Bears fans will always be saying we could have had Jalen Carter, just like you said. But thing is, is that the Bears couldn't afford to take Carter. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah Mr. Mayhem, if, if Carter becomes a, a bust, you know, Paul's looks like a genius, right? But, exactly. you know, but yeah, if uh, if Carter uh, turns out to be one of the best players in the NFL, it's going to it's going to sting a little bit. It's going to it's going to tarnish his reputation a little bit. But the fact is that we couldn't take a chance on it because this team is so young. You know, uh, the Bears obviously did not feel that Jalen Carter was either mature enough to be a, a core building block or foundation for this team at this stage of his career, young career. You know, he, there's too many uh, question marks, red flags, whatever you want to call it, Jalen Carter uh, for the Bears taking him. Aldo intimated earlier that maybe the – the reason that they passed on him was that he was it had such poor conditioning when he worked out for the Bears. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that before. Uh, showed up, you know, and uh, uh, it, it was winded. Quit on some uh, some drills, if I remember. But uh, uh, you know, Poles got us a day one starter in the first round. You got to be happy about that. Uh, and then the two defensive tackles. If those guys turn out, it, it looks like. The two defensive tackles, uh, I'm not going to say like one or the other is a is a three technique with, between uh, uh, was his name Gervin Johnson Aldo. Yes. So Gervin Johnson and Zach Pickens, both of those guys. No, I, uh, you're talking about Gervin Dexter. Dexter, sorry, Gervin Dexter, uh, and uh, and Zach Pickens. Like either one of those guys, whether they play the the three technique or or, or the other uh, under tackle. Uh, either one of those guys could get pressure. You know, uh, Dexter's Dexter is like if you if you created a defensive tackle in a lab, it would look like this guy. He's like all muscle, built like a brick shit house. And then Zach Pickens, you know, uh, got a lot. Of, he, he's like the guy that look, that's built like uh, DeForest Buckner. So who was the three technique? So uh, the two defensive tackles. If uh, if Ram Poles and Coach Eberflus can get the most out of these two defensive tackles, Ram Poles is going to look pretty smart. I love what Cliff wrote there. The Jalen Carter interview was probably like Miss America <laughs> candidates talking world peace. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, good stuff. Um, all right, I'm sorry. I, ca- I caught the middle of what you guys were talking about there, yeah. Irvin De- Dexter and so forth. Um, yeah. There's another player. I don't know if you guys mentioned him while I was away. Let me see if I can find my little trusty graphic here. There it is. I, I just liked hearing you say "hooey" earlier, Aldo, for the, the, the <laughs> lineman from 
from uh, from Pittsburgh. I'll kick out of hooey. <laughs> I hope he makes the team so Aldo can say hooey every week. Uh, over and over again. We're, we're not um, going to have cunts. Zach cunts. <laughs> but, you know, um, these uh, uh, seventh round picks, uh, Travis Bell, Kendall Williamson, even those guys yeah. offer some intrigue as to what they Terrell could potentially Smith. be. Travis yeah. Bell is like a really hungry young guy who played at Kennesaw State. You know, he's he's just got a magnetic uh, kind of – I wouldn't say magnetic personality because he's soft-spoken, but he's got a, a, a great story about how he's overcome adversity in his life, and he's really happy to be a member of the Chicago Bears. Kendall Williamson, the safety out of Stanford. I mean, he, all of these guys, I'm just so excited about how they look at uh, – how they will look at during uh, – what they will look like like during OTAs and into the preseason. I'm super excited about this draft. I yeah. really do believe, you know, it's it, you can't say, of course, with any certainty, you know, that a team won the draft, but I think that the uh, mission accomplished is probably the best way to describe it. He addressed some needs, and now with proper coaching and if the players buy in, uh, we could have a, a decent season in 2023. Math, math bomb would think we 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 had a had a really good draft you know the relative or a raw athletic score of every Rel- single one of our relative, draft, relative, that, relative athletic, athletic score, score yeah. was uh uh high for every single draft pick yes you know, so over he, eight. he definitely focused on bringing in athletes and yeah what somebody a couple of people have said this is what this enables you to do is when you have great athletes and they miss let's say they're a little bit behind on their block uh if they're an offensive tackle like Darnell Wright but because of his great athleticism he can kind of make up for that you know half step he took the wrong way and the same thing with all these other athletes that they've they've picked up is that they can make a bad play into a good one based on their pure athleticism. It doesn't mean they're going to do that right away. They need to be coached up. They need to learn and so forth. But uh, that's what a, a great athlete will allow. And that's the approach that polls took. And we'll see if it works. It did, uh, Cl- did you go Cliff over says, some of the uh, undrafted free agents too? Because there's some nice names in there. Not a, if you know, uh, if you can share any information on those undrafted free agents, please do so. I'm uh, we're doing a special with Gabe Gabriel, uh, Greg Gabriel, tomorrow night, and he's going to go over those guys. So uh, yeah. I'm relying on him. But if you've got that, any news on any of those guys, that'd be great. That uh, offensive lineman, Huey from Pitt, looks like a real animal. You know, watching some of his uh, highlights that he put together for uh, for teams, <laughs> I don't know whether I saw it on Twitter or YouTube or whatever, but uh. Uh, no, no sacks allowed, you know, and just a mean, a mean dude. So I uh, would like to see him get a shot, uh, you know, a guard or a, a tackle. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of increased competition along the offensive line this year from polls. So looking looking forward to uh, to training camp. Looking ahead. Yep, indeed. Dan Aguirre, I know uh, you're sick and tired of hearing the draft talk so uh and i know you're going to leave a little early today in 10 minutes anything you want to share anything on your mind that you'd like to talk about um you mean like with like movies or anything at all yeah well i like i was telling you before we got on air i i, I got a, a cat that might be dying so that's why i wanted to go check oh, on no 
If hey Danny, uh, can can I ask you a question? About the, yeah, please. Do. So, uh, um, I also have a cat that's like really sweet, that just you know really good with the kids and stuff. And I was telling my wife, I was like, I don't know whether we were watching. Uh, yeah, I was watching a show with her, and and one of the characters had had his son's favorite dog, you know, taxidermied stuff. Would you ever think about getting the cat uh, uh, taxidermied? I asked my wife, should we get Bella taxidermied just to have her around? My wife's like, no, that's fucking creepy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I nope. don't know. And uh, maybe it's, cat's it's still alive, by the way. Yeah, I, it's I know, it's I the know. the cat that had the surgery recently. Aztec. It's his mom. Yeah. Uh, I like. It's just like in the middle of the night last night. I was telling Aldo before we got on. I was about to have sex, <laughs> and <laughs> the lady I was with the the cat. She comes on onto us and is like cock blocking me. You know, like is purring <laughs> on my lap, and then she gets on the other lady, the lady's lap, and then we move her a few times, and and she and I do adult activities together. And I look over and my cat's on the couch uh, laying upside down with her head with no protection, just laying off of the couch, like dangling, like I said, with just awkwardly. And suddenly now she can't stand or and hasn't eaten or drunk uh, anything or her, her, her eyes gotten a little glazed over. So yeah, I had that with one of my cats. They get like wobbly in, when they couldn't walk. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like suddenly it happened in like five minutes. It's like, well, I guess yeah. I mean to give myself credit it was more than that. Fuck, maybe fifteen minutes. But uh, yeah. afterwards, it she suddenly couldn't move or anything. And then today, I thought, well, when I go to sleep and I wake up, I'm going to find her dead. And I found her still laying in the same position, unable to move. But she purrs when I pat her, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go check on her before I go to to nine one one and. I was like, if she's alive in the morning, maybe I can just go and see if they can give her an IV. Maybe she's dehydrated. Uh, and, and I don't know. Uh, there's obviously more to it than that. But if she's not dying, then I feel like I owe it to her to try to get her well. I I don't know. I, like I was telling Aldo, I'm so conflicted. I feel like Hamlet, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a couple cats like that. They get, you know, my one had a brain tumor, one had a tumor on the spine, and they couldn't, they got wobbly and couldn't walk anymore. And, and she's you know. suddenly not grooming her fur either. Like I keep having to clean. Like when she eats, she was getting like food and shit stuck in her on her, in her face, like in her fur. I was having to like clean her face off. Yeah. And so I don't know what it all means. It it seems bad, but I just I didn't want to come to work tonight uh, because I wanted yeah. to be with her and she died. So I, I yep. just feel like I, I want to go check on her before I go to my other job. That's all. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that's a great idea, and uh, yep. I, I, I really feel for what you're going through. Uh, but can I ask, you know, can you tell us more about the sex part? It was good, man. It was good. She, uh, she says the best she'd had in a long time, and I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you nice. Know? Nice. All right, yeah, well, you leave that to our imagination. Get on out of here, man. Get a head start and get on out well, of here. And last thing it. I'll tell you, though. Um, I watched, uh, I told you this in text. It's worth saying on air. And I, and actually, Tooch told me about it a year or so ago, and I ju I'm just getting around to it. That show that uh, called The Offer, which is about how The Godfather came together on Paramount, mm. is fucking phenomenal. If you yeah, like The Godfather, oh, yeah. you will love that show. I mean, love. Nice. It's it's like the best shit I've seen in years. It feels like that's how good it is. Damn, nice. What show? What show is this? It's the one 
talk you said mike north likes it talking about like how oh. the godfather came together called the yes. offer yeah. yes yes it is fucking phenomenal if you're a fan of the godfather you will love it uh nice. i'm definitely going to see that and um did you see the watergate one that premiered on no, HBO last I'm night i'm going to watch it probably tonight at 911 i want to see it and i love woody harrelson he's playing e howard hunt so i definitely want to watch it um I'm I'm telling you right now that the, all the performances, especially Harrelson and Justin Thoreau, I think his name is, way over the top. I mean, it's definitely a satire on what happened with their performances alone. And it's it's episode one was was good, uh, but if you're expecting, you know a sort of documentary feel to it. It's not that at all. These performances. I will are, tell you the, the one that was on stars that I've ta told you about that had Sean Penn and uh, Julia Roberts in it. The guy that plays G Gordon Liddy and that is spectacular. And they give him a lot of love too. And, and maybe it's a little over the top, but it feels kind of about uh, how he was. If you remember, he was on radio and shit for years as a star after he got out of jail mm -hmm. and people forget he gotten, uh, he got a pardon from Carter. That's right. So yeah, G. Gordon Liddy was a star, man. Uh, but yeah, the dude who played him on Stars was amazing. I don't know how the guy on HBO will be, but yeah, uh, we'll the offer is so good though. I can't advocate it enough. We'll definitely check it out, and we'll talk about nice. that and a lot more uh, next Tuesday night with Dan Aguirre. Dan, we love you, and uh, hopefully everything's well with your kitty. Thank yeah. you, gentlemen. I'm gonna head Later, out. Later, Dan. Thank you all. Bye. All right, man. That's Dan Aguirre. All right. Let me see. You and me, what Uncle Aldo. It is just the two of us. Man, you look cool in black. Look at that. I got my... <laughs> oh! Uh, old school, yeah. old Represent. <laughs> old I love it. I love yeah. it. All right, let's yeah, talk I, a little uh, football, and then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. finish up with some TV stuff. Um, All right. So Let me take, We should take some questions from the chat, maybe, huh? Yeah. Uh, guys, if you've We're got good. any questions in the chat about the Chicago Bears or anything, really, uh, fire away. Yeah. If you want to know about uh, Tucci's porn career, we can I talk did about see. That. Uh, <laughs> I started a good series, which I think you probably would like. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, Citadel on Amazon Prime, and it's like super spies, born identity type, memory loss uh, with Stanley Tucci. Uh, the one of the Jonas brothers is married to this Indian chick. She's in it, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm like mm, floating head, dude. But yeah, and uh, uh, the guy who played Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. Ah, but yeah, really good. It's all high tech gadgets, bullet trains, and fights. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm. All right, let's got the Citadel. first question here. Yeah, yeah I've, I've I've heard of that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Man, that list yeah. of programs in the queue just keeps getting. Uh, longer and longer. Saint Omni yeah. says Citadel did not get good reviews. Well, I don't care about the reviews. I care about what yeah, man, the I, I was like, man, this started. It started off with a bang, man, like nonstop action shit. It's pretty mm -hmm. fucking good. But I was like, damn, it's really good, man. It's like I, I needed some action maybe that night or something. But yeah, that happens every once in a while. I want yeah. something that'll just fucking blow up my big tv screen mm -hmm. <laughs> all right so uh cliff is asking about uh tyler scott what's justin going to do with him mm, well i'll start with that one i mean we Deep know threat. exactly yeah. 
Justin is more accurate, it seems, on his deep passes than he is on those little short, short three to seven yard passes. And so that's what's going to happen. If those guys can develop a chemistry on the, the deep pass, it's going to open up so many things for this offense. The middle of the field for tight ends, Cole Komet and Tanya, and it's going to open up uh, the run game for Rashawn Johnson, who, uh, again, I'm predicting it's going to be the number one running back for this team. You know, yeah. and what I mean by number one is getting the most snaps, you know, not necessarily who starts off first. They'll probably go with the veteran for a while, Dante Foreman, just out sure. of respect and the fact yep. that he signed on as a free agent and stuff. But you can't as just time, throw the rookie out there. He's got to earn something, you know. Yeah, he's he got spoiled. <laughs> I, I think he'll earn, you know, yeah. th- these snaps in, in training camp. I really do. I think this guy's going to show up prepared and hungry. Yep. Uh, I love the and competition. A, a great guy, effect. too, from all accounts. He's like a, you know, mm-hmm. a, that was one thing that the, uh, I read an article about the Bears uh, and Roshan Johnson was that you're going to love this kid. He's a great kid, a natural leader. Everyone likes him, you know, a locker room leader. Uh, mm-hmm. but Tyler Scott, man, he, if you watch some of his, uh, his tape, he's got the double move like Cam- Cameron Meredith. Was that the guy's name? Cam Meredith? Yeah. Anyway, from Bears Illinois. wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Bears wide receiver Cameron Meredith, he was great at the double move. <laughs> the double mm-hmm. move, and Cameron Meredith was open like off the double yeah. move. You want to see? He's like double move on steroids. This kid, <laughs> you know, like a lot, man. Plus, we, I mean, we need someone to take the top off the defense. This is a guy mm-hmm. that will do that. You know, this guy's fast. He's got like Jordan Samara said, he got three rockets up his butt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Well, and the other another intriguing uh, player that they acquired is this uh, defensive tackle, Zach Pickens, who oh, yeah. said that he really didn't have excellent coaching in college. And so that makes him more intriguing now because with the coaching from our defensive line coach, hopefully he's not as bad as it appeared he was in his first season. But hopefully with some good, solid coaching from Eberflus and his position coach, we will see Zach Pickens quickly start to play to his potential, a disruptive defensive tackle when he's at that three-tech. And if he's going to play the number one position, then occupy a couple of blockers so other players can can, uh, yeah, can, can do some good thing. work. He said he did, we didn't get any coaching at all in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Dexter, Dexter yep. said the same thing. I mean, uh, you really – we're really uh, Bears fans are really hoping that we can unlock these two potential. And then you'll have these two. It's like having two DeForest Buckners right in the middle of the line. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. that's uh, they're built. That's that's what uh, uh, Eberflus's guy is prototype uh, defense tackle for his system. Looks like just these two guys. Yeah. Um, so a lot of uh, Swanky says Zach Pickens has some Ottawale Agunlier in him. Um I don't, I, I don't see that, Swanky, but, you know, if there's a particular play or game that I should look at, to, to because Agulier was the, an outside defensive end, really speedy, very quick off the line of scrimmage. So it's hard for me to make that comparison with a big defensive tackle. Um, the, I think <clears throat> what a lot of people are looking for is the next Henry Melton uh I'm not sure these guys will ever reach the type of quality of Tommy Harris, but at least yeah. if they can get to that Henry Melton level, that would be really, you know, really cool. Both of these guys are real long, 
long. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a lot of batted passes, you mm-hmm. know, from, from these guys, you know, in, in the middle of the line. Cause they're both six, four, they got long arms, you know? Uh, and I think that's why uh, Eberflus and Poles, they, uh, they didn't want the little guys like Kalijah Kansi who may get the penetration, but don't bat, bat down uh, any of the passes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Batted passes. Hey man, that's, that's a down right there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, 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 it's, if it's third down, bat down a pass. Okay, it's fourth down now, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah, Joe like, asked, uh, wonder like, if the eggs – yeah, wonder if the Eagles yeah. initiated the trade for Carter or do you think we did? You know, that, that relationship Ian Cunningham has with the Eagles, it, it was probably something that they were talking about for weeks, and I'm sure Ian Cunningham yeah. was the primary person behind those negotiations with the Eagles. What do you yeah, say? Yeah, prob- probably a little of both. Yeah, you know now, uh, it, they wanted Carter, and they didn't want anybody to trade and trade with the Bears uh, unless it was the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what? I, I find this interesting though is that these two trades we've made with the Eagles recently, the Robert Quinn trade and this yep. trade uh, to move uh, one draft spot up. To me, I, I in those two instances, I wonder if we could have got as much as we could have should have got. Uh, kind of thing, because I, I questioned that we only got a fourth rounder for Robert Quinn, and now yeah. I, I question, you know, the compensation for for. I know it's only one move up, but I don't know. I, yeah. I think Cunningham is maybe a little too cozy with the Eagles sometimes. Yeah, you think they could have got more, but you know what? Uh, you can't complain too much because. We moved back one spot, took the guy we we're going to take anyway. Like I said, Bear State of Affairs, we got a free pick. You know, you're, for, you're for doing what we were going to, we were going to do any, do what we were going to do anyways. But yeah, you're no, I mean it's probably worth more than a fourth round pick. I don't know. I don't have like Jimmy Johnson's chart in front of me, the value charts, whatever. But that's kind of genius that chart that he came up with that shit. You it know? really is. It's like yeah, really yeah, uh, and and I like the way a lot of teams, you know change it from year to year based on their perceived value of the draft you know sure uh, if it's a good draft and the points change uh somewhat uh the heart foundation asked do the bears have a quarterback coach if so yeah it's uh, andrew janaki if yeah. so does fields work with him in the off season or only during camp and in the, the game he's season? not allowed to work with coaches until right. the, the, the league uh, season starts right right we know that organized team activities right we know that last season Fields worked with his own quarterback coach. I think it was mm-hmm. his high school football coach or somebody like that. Yeah, but Tuch is absolutely right. Unfortunately, they cannot be coached under the collective yep. bargaining agreement with the players' union and the owners. Uh, players cannot be coached by their team coaches until allocated times like OTAs and training camp and blah, 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 uh, which is, in my opinion, part of the reason we are seeing a – a, a downgrade in the quality of professional football. Um, I don't see why these guys can't have more contact with one another. And, and I understand, you know, the wear and tear on the bodies, but at the very least, there should be there should be something to help the quality of the game and also try to protect the, 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 the players. So I don't know. Um, he finished this up by saying, what's more important right now for JF1? Improving his throwing technique reading. That's a great question. You know, I, I think to me, 
I hope that he starts to see the field better than he ever has. And he really didn't have a, a, a problem processing when he was at Ohio State. You saw it from time to time. Uh, but it, it appears to me that in the NFL, the processing has gotten slower than I saw in his final year at Ohio State. What are your thoughts on that, Swanky? Uh, I mean, Swanky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading Swanky's. Like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> He's right well, behind you, you too. Watch out, Swanky's here. Well, I mean, at Ohio State, he was surrounded by huge offensive linemen and had like the best wide receivers in, in college yeah. football. But you know, it was a lot easier for him to, you know, guys were getting open like nothing, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's going to, he's got to get better in that area, reading the field, reading the defense, you know, uh, 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 throwing, throwing guys open uh, a lot smaller window, making the adjustment from college to, uh, to the NFL, the window's a lot smaller for fitting that ball mm -hmm. in there. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, like I mean, he like you said, he had a problem with the short passes. He shouldn't have the he shouldn't have the problem with the short passes. Although that right? is so weird. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand. He loses concentration or or what's yep. going on. Mm -hmm. I know Zach Sullivan hates it when he sees that out of our franchise quarterback, who's Zach is still yeah. questioning whether he really is a franchise quarterback. <laughs> uh, Squeegee Fields is in Florida working with a quarterback. Whisper, not sure his name. Okay, Squeegee, we need you to do some uh, investigation and to find out that quarterback whisperer's name. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? The brilliant CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement, actually harms team development. You're right. You, can, you could say that. Mm -hmm. You know? I think it does. I think it yeah. does. I think they've got to uh, – I think they've got to figure out a way – to make the game safer without hurting the quality of the game, because what we have seen is tackling at its most atrocious ever. And unfortunately, you got to tackle in practice in order to become a good tackler in the NFL. Uh, and so, how can we? How can we? How can we fix that? I don't know. Foster's right. I am still catching up on my sleep. It's been a busy three, two, three weeks, and today was busy for me too. Uh, you know, Mike calls me. Yeah, a lot of people I, are I, dying. Famous people yeah, are dying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Mike calls me, and I try to catch up on some sleep. And so I kind of daze, see the phone. And I go, I'll call him right back. And, and then there's a text message, and, and then so I pick it up. And it says, Dakota, Dakota. It's <laughs> <Which is laughs> secret word to me saying somebody big has died. So. Somebody died, yep. <laughs> so I called him back, and we were able to uh, pay tribute to Gordon Lightfoot. Are you familiar yeah. with uh, the yeah, music yeah. of Gordon Lightfoot? Yeah, the uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. That's uh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, right? Canadian uh, folk singer, songwriter. Yeah. See, I, I, you know, I've heard some of his songs, some of the popular ones that were on pop radio. But I, mm -hmm. growing up, I the Gordon, name Gordon Lightfoot, you know, and um, in my neighborhood, all we listened to was Spanish music, salsa, and Motown. That was primarily mm -hmm. it. I had an uncle who introduced me to the Beatles when I was Love really Motown. really young, and uh, Elvis and stuff. But it was primarily salsa and Motown. And if I were to be spotted listening to a a folk singer you know, like Gordon Lightfoot, people would have yeah. made fun of me. So I stayed away from that music until my high school and college years. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever do the uh, Elvis tour, Graceland? 
have not. I've been thinking uh, about doing it. Yeah. I know uh, my brother is huge. Yeah, yeah we, we should go. Yeah, my brother is a huge Elvis fan. I think he's going in a couple of months, actually. Yeah, my wife and I did that. Went to Tupelo, went to Memphis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really nice. Uh, had a good time there. It says here from Steve Mee, uh, Fields has linked up with respected trainer Oliver Bozeman. He established the Bozeman Academy, a mm. center meant to teach everybody from youth to NFL players about the fundamentals mm. and techniques. That's cool. Very nice, yeah. I love it when the uh, uh, Barflies play news correspondents. They're mm. out there. St. Omni says, uh, says you don't like Elvis. <laughs> well, here's the I'm trying to – I'll try to make it real quick. I like, I like Elvis. I think he's overrated. Uh, my brother loves, loves, loves Elvis. So, of course, I'm always telling my brother that Elvis sucks. That he's just a second rate. <laughs> right. I remember the story now. Right. That he yeah. stole all of his music <laughs> and ideas from uh, uh, blues musicians and yeah. African Americans and never yeah. gave them credit. I, I just lay down to my brother and my brother just. I mean, he really wants to choke the shit out of me, but, I, but I'm a lot bigger than him. So, <laughs> did you grow up listening to Elvis, Tooch? Yeah, yeah. My mom and dad had, uh, you know, Elvis records, Beatle records, uh, Glenn Campbell, uh, uh, Errol Garner, uh, a lot of uh, yeah, Carol King, mm-hmm. all sorts of good records and stuff I could spin when I was a kid. The Monkees. Wow, the monkeys. Yeah, I used to be a big fan of the monkeys. I love the monkeys. Yeah, I still love Mickey Dolan's voice, man. His voice is killer. <laughs> Trinobus says Elvis, FM and John Wayne. <laughs> and Cliff says Elvis couldn't handle the fame as he got older. Yeah, all that. Pussy Did you see the uh, ba- Baz Luhrmann Elvis with Tom Hanks and? I thought it was really, really well done. Uh, Baz Luhrmann is a visionary director. I I love all his stuff. Sometimes the stories aren't that strong and, and, you know, but just watching his movies. I thought it was great. I mean, it was like, if you imagine like, because at the time nobody had ever seen anything like Galvis, you know, and uh, Baz Luhrmann kind of brought that out where he, the clothes, you know, the eyeliner, Mm -hmm. you know, all that Mm -hmm. stuff, the makeup, you know, the hair, you know, the mm-hmm. gyrations, the body movements. And that was like, you know, mind-blowing to folks back then. And, and Baz Luhrmann just, he really, like, accentuated that, you know. And then you mm-hmm. had the, you know, the the Colonel Tom uh, story in the background with, uh, you know, the, the old carnival, uh, uh, what is it, the, the guy who ran the carnival managing uh, Elvis's career, you know. Tom, uh, the, Colonel, Colonel Parker. Colonel Parker, yeah, with the... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the shady dealings and stuff. So, yeah, it was a, a lot of uh, uh, material to, uh, to to mine from. See, now Steve Mee doesn't like the Elvis movie. He says Baz Luhrmann ruins movies. That's the total opposite of, of how I feel, Steve. Yeah, I, I like his stuff, too. Don't you think uh, Moulin so colorful, Rouge? colorful, well-filmed. Yeah, Moulin well, Rouge is a well great edited. movie. Yeah. Great movie. Nicole Kidman. Um, what's the guy from Star Wars? Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or John Jude Lee Law. Gizamo. Which one was? I forget which one it was, but I think it was Ewan McGregor. But... Yeah, you're right. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm into deep purple. You know what's funny, uh, Renewable? I went, uh, when I was in high school and I was getting into rock music, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and so forth, and there was a guy who was introducing me to these bands. He goes, hey, you want to go to the concert tonight? I, I landed a couple tickets to go see Deep Purple, and I'm forgetting the, the other band that was on, but that was my first uh the first time I ever heard a Deep Purple song was live at the old Chicago Stadium. And uh, uh, I thought that was going to be an interesting story, but it clearly is not. <laughs> <laughs> Foster yeah. says, Tooch, I met yeah. Mickey in, in a bar Dolan. in downtown Franklin nice. Park. He just sang at Railroad Days. Do you yeah, know what he's talking voice. about? Mickey Dolan's uh, downtown yeah. downtown Franklin oh, Park. Kind of weird. Franklin Park. I didn't. Yeah. That's downtown bars. Maybe trying to think. Pooch. Am I gone? I can't hear you. I cannot hear you, my friend. Oh. Am I muted? Nothing. Nothing. And you're not muted. That's weird. Yeah. You just lost audio. All right. Let so me. Weird. I'm gonna leave and come back. Okay. He's going to pop out and then come back in, I believe. And so it should happen. So let me see. How can I entertain you all by my fucking self? Should we go to the weather again? <laughs> I like being a dirty, filthy little boy. Oh! That was weird. Can you guys hear me? Tooch, I'm being told that you they can hear you, but for some reason I can't hear you. So That's let weird. me go off and see what the hell's going on. All right, so it's just me. All right, any questions? How about uh, any undrafted free agents? I know the Bears took a quarterback. It's kind of interesting if you watch some of his tapes. Quarterback from Shepherd University named Tyson Badgett. Badgett. It's like, of course, we got a kicker. Happy about that. Uh, I saw enough of Kyron Santos last year not making the extra points. So we'll see how this Andre Schmidt uh, does. would like to see uh, uh, the Bears sign that kicker and get him on the roster, young, grow with him. And, uh, and of course, we mentioned the big offensive lineman from Pitt. Some of these guys have a chance to stick, I think. Anybody, uh, yeah, everybody can hear Tooch. So uh, ask me some questions, whatever you want to hear. Green screen tooch is here. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, Triple R. Badgett's dad was an arm wrestling champion. Didn't know that. Great. Quarterback saw his dad was arm wrestling on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chase Young, man. That would be nice, wouldn't it? We'll make a trade for Chase Young. Of course, we've got to give up some of next year's draft capital. An extra first-round pick? I don't think so. I don't know. Would you guys give up for Chase Young? Best Bears draft pick for me. Uh, I got to say Darnell Wright instantly uh, a day one starter. After that, I really love Roshan Johnson, man. Love the uh, love the uh, uh, the hands, uh, the speed. He's big to miss this is an instant replacement for David Montgomery. You know. A little bit more speed than Montgomery, too. So I think we approve there. All right, Aldo, can All you right. hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. Uh, my mixer just went. Poof. Goodbye, mixer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my backup computer. Yeah, the, um, the chat was uh, asking uh, who we thought the best 
Bears draft pick was on last weekend. Well, I think there's no doubt that Darnell Wright is the absolute best. That's what I said. This, yep. this guy is super talented. My only yep. concern with Darnell Wright prior to being drafted was that he mm-hmm. played for most of the season 333. And the Bears always want those athletic uh, uh, offensive linemen that can move and so forth. But the tape says he moves really well at 333. I bet you the Bears will get him to lose – you know, 10 pounds, get him to about 325, 320. And um, he, we will see then, you know, uh, if he can block as well at that lower weight. But uh, he's definitely can move. He can hit those moving targets, get out to that secondary and hit those moving targets. And then my second favorite pick is uh, Roshan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the two fourth-round picks on offense, you know, the weapons uh, for Justin Fields. Uh, and then, of course, the chat's asking us if we think uh, we should acquire Chase Young. You know, some of the half the chat thinks damaged goods. Some people think not for more than a second rounder. You know, the price has got to be higher than that from the commanders. But uh, what do you think? I don't. I, I'd stay away from Chase Young. There's just too many questionable things. You know, it's unless you want mm-hmm. to bring him in for a year, and then if he plays well, uh, then you 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 pay him what the fifteen to twenty five million dollars that a top defensive end makes. But at the same time, you got to have the money for uh, Justin Fields, and we know what quarterbacks cost now. Uh, oh yeah. If, if he has like a Jalen Hurts type season in 2023, in 2024, he's going to demand Jalen Hurts type money after that fifth year option. So yep. that, that's yeah, I, I mentioned that in a uh, uh, Bear State of Affairs a week or two ago about uh, 200 million dollars in the old crystal ball, the future. So yes, you yeah. did. Yes, but, you did. Uh, uh, Zach uh, Sullivan, not. Not too happy with the draft, other than Wright and Pickens. I don't know, Zach. Come on, not no Tyler Scott, no Roshan Johnson. I think it's yeah, I'm I think- surprised, Zach. Uh, I'm actually yeah. I'm not surprised. He's been kind of down on the Bears. Uh, yeah. and not a Ryan Poles fan. I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for him about Poles, but mm-hmm. I, I think that he is unhappy with the slow development of Justin Fields. He feels he should be uh, at, at a higher pace right now. But you know, you got to remember too that this is he had uh, Matt Nagy for one year. Yeah, exactly. Three you know, offensive coordinators in four years. He had he had PTSD from Nagy. Yeah, exactly. For a year, you know. Come on, Zach. Exactly. <laughs> but but uh, Zach, tell us uh, what's wrong with uh, like uh, like said. What's wrong with uh, the wide receiver for Cincinnati, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, if uh, yeah, I said. Uh, Bear State Affairs tonight that Ryan Poles will have to fill edge rusher through free agency. And there's some out there, although that are kind of intriguing. I know we've talked about Yannick and Gakwe for a while, but Poles with the Kansas City connection might be interested in Frank Clark. Yep. When it might cost you about 12, 13 million for next year. And they definitely have the cap space for it. What do you think about Frank Clark to rush the passer for one season? You know, I don't have a problem with that. I, I think if, they need to get a designated pass rusher, a guy who's just going to come in on second and long, yeah. third downs, and go get the quarterback. And he's part of that eight-man defensive line rotation. So I mean, somebody earlier yeah. mentioned about Robert Quinn being a free agent. You know, I would even consider Robert Quinn. I think that the key thing is who can you get on a one-year deal um, and uh, – and and how good can that can you forecast that one year rental 
being that this player being and so I would almost gamble on Robert Quinn improving his play for a year, maybe getting a half dozen sackers, uh, uh, sacks. And, and J-Rock and a couple of other people have been chanting for Leonard Floyd. I, I would have no problem at all with Leonard Floyd, no problem. But paying him a long-term contract, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about Leonard Floyd? Fine. Maybe we If you want a guy to rush the passer, that's what he does, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, well, yeah. What do you think uh, he's talking about? Matt Nagy for a year? What do you Allows mean? the excuse for Justin Fields? What's Mo, what's Mo on about? Dude, that is a lousy excuse. I don't know, Moral. Tell me I'm about it. I'm thinking it's uh, uh, Matt Nagy coaching uh, Justin Fields for a year. I, I give I give Justin Fields a mulligan that year he had with Nagy. You know? Yeah. That was this horrible coaching. Oh, uh, Frank I mean, Clark. He's- Frank Clark only plays hard when he wants to. That was a knock on Clark at Kansas City this past season, that he he seemed to be loafing, and so that might not make him a candidate for the Bears. He's one of the better pass rushers out there, though. You know, you're talking Ngakwe. Ngakwe is terrible against the run, but, yeah, if you bring in Ngakwe uh, to just rush the passer, I'm all right with that, too. Mm-hmm. St. Omni says bringing back guys never happens. Uh, yeah, it, you're right. I mean, it happens uh, rarely. Very but, rarely. Uh, yeah. But I, I I think this particular regime, Ryan Pose, I, I think he would prefer not to bring back old players. I really do. Yeah. I, and I think he's anxious to have everybody in the roster not be a Ryan Pose pick. Um Let's see. Zach says, I've weighed these things. Still down. He is still down on this draft, says Zach. I'm not crazy about stretching the impact of a draft out three years. Don't love the trade downs. I see what Texas did. Be excited if that is our is the direction. So he's he's he, Zach isn't buying into Ryan Poe's three-year rebuild. He'd like to see things expedited. And I can understand that. We're Wouldn't we all? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing is if, if you rush into it and you start making the same mistakes like Ryan Pace makes, he rushed into – uh, uh, certain uh, free agent contracts, and then he, he, you know, he left the team in disarray and, and financial calamity in terms of salary cap, and he missed on draft picks that had to be replaced with free agent acquisitions. It was a mess, and so Poles' more conservative approach is one that I can buy into and will give him through the 2024 season. What I mean, say the- you two? The Texans have the second and third overall picks in the draft. You know what's not to like about getting getting the two guys that they drafted. You know, right? Yeah. They have they had two and three, right? They traded up to yeah. get three. So I mean, uh, they, what what do they give up to get up there though? You know, and they traded away part of their future. So I, I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. You have to kind of lay a foundation. I think that's what Paul's doing. Either buy into that or you don't. Right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, he's laying down. Uh, it's just like uh, when uh, if you ever work construction, <laughs> they would uh, they had pilings. Those pilings got to be sunk deep into the ground. You know, mm-hmm. that's what Poles is doing. It's, first, he's laying down the the pilings to build the foundation up on. You know, mm-hmm. that takes. You know, I mean, like the Cubbies had to do the same thing with uh, with Theo. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. didn't didn't happen overnight. 
you know, but the, uh, eventually the Cubbies got there and got the World Series. So hopefully, yeah. uh, if I mean, look, uh, I say you and I say this all the time, Aldo. So every year there's more holes than we can fill. You know, um, like the Dutch boy putting his finger in the exactly holes of the dam. You know, we don't got enough fingers. Yeah, we don't have enough right. fingers to put in every fucking hole. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, those holes are going to be less and less every year if you let poles do his job. That's I all. I think I'm so. Yeah, I really do think so. Bear Truth Nine says, if the 2024 were today, the draft were today with this roster, and there's an elite three tech wide receiver or edge. When you're drafting in that first round, who would you see the Bears drafting, Tooch? So what do you think? Elite in, tech? In, in, uh, in, in, in next year? Next year's draft. Ne next, year's, next year's draft. Well, uh, the Panthers arguably will not be very good next year if they're starting uh, you know, Bryce Young all year. He's going to struggle a little bit. He's a rookie. You know, I'm gonna, I, I think it would – did I mention uh, last week, I think that uh, rookie quarterbacks haven't won more than five – games uh, in a season starting uh since mm -hmm. like 2010 i think mm -hmm. uh, rookie quarterbacks haven't won more than five games in a season so you're looking at uh arguably what could be a top 10 draft pick next year from the panthers and then of course the bears will have their own draft pick where that is we don't know you know it depends on how they do and i would like dan aguire said earlier there's no aaron Rodgers in this division so i mean instead of getting swept by the packers we're at least probably get one maybe we sweep the packers you know, maybe we have a little bit uh, uh, of a decent shot. We get to, you know, nine and eight, eight and nine, or uh, uh, they go on a run and get to, you know, 10, seven, 11 and six, you know, and have a shot at the playoffs. But uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the name that pops out, you know, probably a generational talent at wide receiver. Would Ryan Poles be tempted to grab him, you know, next year and right. then uh, either, you know, re not resign Mooney or Claypool or both. You know, and then build again with DJ Moore, who's who's arguably he's young. DJ mm -hmm. Moore, he's only what twenty five years old, twenty six, uh, twenty five or twenty six, twenty five yeah. or twenty six. So he's still really young, right? You know, and then uh, you, you Scott and uh, and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. That's a pretty nice wide receiver core. You know, you're you're starting to look like Minnesota's wide receiver core with uh, Jefferson and and uh, now they got Jordan Addison. But uh, the pass rusher, I haven't really studied who's Who's that uh, uh, defensive end next year, edge rusher? Uh, well, if all things were equal and there was an elite three-tech, elite wide receiver, and an elite yeah. edge rusher, I would think that the Bears would go after an elite three-tech because of the cascading effect that a great defensive tackle three-tech can do for this particular defense. If yeah. it was – uh, you know, a different defense run by Vic Fangio than that outside edge guy, sort of like Ryan Post tried to to provide uh, Fangio. Zach, let's uh, continue yeah. on with with Zach's saga here. I'm not on board with building around Justin Fields. Would have moved him for a similar capital as the number one. Drafted Stroud and Anderson on, at on or an OT like they did. So he's saying, you know, move Fields, get some draft capital, and then start over at quarterback. Start over at quarterback and uh, take Will Anderson, who does, who is not really a fit for this Bears defense. He would have been a fit under Vic Fangio's defense, that outside yeah. stand-up linebacker, um, but not a fit. So I don't know, Zach. I uh, I think that 
Fields has show, shown enough promise for you not to give up on him after just two seasons, knowing that, you know, quarterbacks are like wide receivers and they usually take three seasons to develop and mature into a true NFL quarterback. What do you think, Tooch? I would ask Zach is like six or was it five runs of touchdown runs over 60 yards? Not enough for you. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, well, but I understand that was, like a, that was the NFL record. Yeah, but I understand that you know? he wants to see our quarterback throw the ball accurately and make his reads faster and not hold on to the ball so long. I understand that. Yeah. That makes total sense too. to me. Yeah. But let me let me ask you this. If uh uh teams next year when they're when they're getting ready to play the Bears and they're scouting the film, like Jesus Christ, this guy take took it to the house against some of these defenses. You know, let's kind of play back a little bit, and uh, uh, you know, that's going to open up the passing game for Fields now. Is with teams being afraid he's going to he's going to run once once he gets out of once he breaks contain and gets out there and tries to run. You know, yep. uh, we'll see. We'll get, we really have to see how teams uh, game plan for Justin Fields before. Uh, and Zach Zach could be right. Maybe teams figure out how to stop Justin Fields right now. Uh, if you have uh, uh, this is why I wanted to get BJ Robinson too because you know. You don't really need like the greatest offensive line with, with B. John. He's just going to make everybody miss, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he's a home run threat. And you have Justin Fields as a home run threat. Now you've got DJ Moore and you know uh, Claypool and Mooney. And uh, the one thing I would have liked to have seen was getting a better. Uh, uh, would like to see a guy uh, stretch the field at the tight end position. Not sure Cole commits that guy, but another weapon that, uh, and maybe that happens next year. Another weapon at tight end would have been nice. An edge rusher would have been nice, but we we couldn't get it. We got what we got. Yeah, I was a little disappointed we didn't get. You know, there's so many cool tight ends in yeah. this class. Yeah, it was a great one I fell in love with. Yeah, um, including Zach Hunts. <laughs> that's right, my man. Is <laughs> I was so I was like, he's there, he's sitting there. All we could say, Hunts every week. Let's just take him. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Zach says, no, I care about the quarterback position, improving the players around him, not the other way around. Well, you got, you got to. Can we have both? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I think, Zach, that, you know, there was that, what, four to six week uh, stretch where the Bears had one of the highest scoring offenses in the National Football League. Yeah. Now you can say that the Bears you know, defenses started to catch up with what the Bears were planning with Fields running the ball. But you can also say that injuries were starting to decimate the team on both sides of the football. And what the Bears defense does can impact the offense with poor poor field position by putting them in the hole because they've given up a couple of quick touchdowns and things like that. So, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to to say that Fields is not improving the players around him because he was just under really poor circumstances. Yeah, I mean, you could you could make the argument that the roster was designed to fail last year, Aldo. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was garbage. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? some people call you know, it tanking, <laughs> and it, it worked. We got the number one overall pick. Exactly, you know? it exactly. worked. I mean, you, you can't you can't forget about that because. Uh, People say, "Oh, Justin Fields, he really hasn't developed." I mean, like I said, look at the roster last year he had. You know, mm-hmm. we we ended up with the number one overall pick, which means we had the worst record in the NFL. So, I mean, that was what they wanted. If you're gonna, 
if you're going to rebuild a team, why not rebuild it with the number one overall pick in the draft? Now, mm-hmm. it, arguably, it wasn't uh, the, the talent was uh, a stack towards quarterback this year. You know, there wasn't really a, a clear cut number one overall pick in the draft. The best, the consensus best player in the draft was B. John Robinson. Like I said, that's why I was hoping when he fell to nine, you know, I was ready to order my B. John Robinson jersey. You know, but <laughs> it's, it's, I'm fine with getting the big tackle because it's, that's still going to make us better. He's going to start day one, you know, but uh, it, it's uh, it, it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. Although if you, if you, if you think you you want to uh, uh, rebuild, you're either gonna you're either gonna do what polls did and tear it down uh, that first year, and then start acquiring picks. Like we have two we've got two number one picks next year, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what he does in free agency. I'll tell us kind of how he views this team uh, going into next season. If this team, you know, what he does in free agency is gonna say, okay, are we gonna go for a little bit? Maybe with the Packers weakened in this division. The Lions, I wouldn't be surprised the Lions win the division next year. I'm glad Don Burr is here to hear me say this. Yeah. But the Vikings will probably be pretty good, too. They don't have a great defense, but they still have Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Uh, So, uh, uh, but uh, the the defense is, uh, I mean, the division is uh, probably the Lions to lose. After that, you might contend for a wild card, depending on how these first few games go. But if polls... Makes I don't think he's going to make a huge splash. Although he's going to grab a couple guys like an edge, one edge rusher to come in, like you said, on third down and just rush the passer. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, after that, you know, he's going to have his two. He's going to get the defensive line rotation going and stuff like that. And uh, but uh, mainly, uh, this might be this might be a a, a a gel year where the these young players are kind of figuring each other out. And Justin Fields takes another step, but you might have to wait until. Uh, 2025 to really see them uh, uh, the, the polls uh, uh, plan come to fruition. Um, Homer, I just took his comment off the screen, but he had said earlier that uh, the play calling towards the last half dozen games was was bad. And I couldn't agree more. It yeah. is like yeah, you they talked told, about that all the time. Yep. It's like they told Luke, hey, you know, keep it conservative. We yep. want to project the quarterback. Whatever they told him, it, the, the play calling wasn't designed yep. for winning. It was designed for something else. Zach goes on to write, I hope you guys are right, and Fields turns the corner. If we have the first overall pick again next year, Polls is probably toast. Well, that's, so. a, that's an that's interesting a good, scenario. A, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that know. if we're drafting first overall, it probably – if it is because of um, uh, Justin Fields' fault, because he failed as a franchise quarterback and it was obvious to everyone's eye, then that's on Ryan Pace. It's not on Ryan Poles. Yeah. I mean, he had to go, he has to give uh, Fields a second year with the new coaching staff, the new offensive system. You can't blame. Yeah, polls for giving Fields uh, another shot at quarterback to to throw in the towel that quickly on Fields would not be a good use of of assets. You agree with that, right? Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, I have to go back uh, to during the season when I was doing Bears State of Affairs, and I I would rattle off how many NFL records Justin Fields set. You know, it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, it's kind of like mind boggling that fans don't like this kid because. Embarrassed state of affairs during the season. I, I wrote about 
uh, one, the team records he was breaking, two, the NFL records he was breaking. I had a had a very emotional uh, uh, one. I wrote Better State Affairs. I wrote about him sitting at his locker room, like almost in tears in his uniform. He was the last one to leave, you know, because of a loss, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of, I mean, how can you not want a quarterback that just wants to win? He's going to do everything he can to get you there, get his team there, and all that stuff. This guy hates to lose. You know, he's going to do, I mean, remember you can knock him down, knock him out. He's going to do some push-ups and say, yeah, beat me. You know, I, I said about all along in, uh, in better state of affairs that this is a kid that you could, you really can build around. That's mm. just me though. Although I, yeah, you know, I love the kid. I, I, I think the kids, uh, he's a special kid, whether it's, whether, uh, uh, it translates to the field and translates into Super Bowls or playoffs or perennial playoffs or whatever. I don't know yet, but, uh, you got the kids, a good enough kid, uh, talent wise and, and, and uh, uh, mindset wise and the intangibles are all there. Zach goes on to say, I don't know about that. You don't think hindsight will bury polls, especially if Stroud is an all pro. Yeah. First of all, Stroud being an all pro in his rookie season ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Um, yeah, he, he's on arguably a worse, worse roster than the bears had last year. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so I'm just saying, but yeah. If, if, uh, if Stroud becomes an all pro, it'll be in three years minimum. And, yeah. um, and by that time, the Bears, uh, Justin Fields will have already established himself as the franchise quarterback, or the Bears will have drafted his replacement, replacement. Yep. before the draft. Couldn't so agree more. Where we're at. Uh, Heart Foundation yep. says Caleb Williams, uh, the USC quarterback, is all hype and won't last long. SC quarterbacks never do. I'm not a big fan of USC quarterbacks, but, uh, you know, that can always change. Uh, Tooch loves kids. Yeah, I, I love this kid, Justin Fields. I love my kids, too, though. All the time. <laughs> I got three great kids, but, yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, close down this episode. Yeah. Uh, I bear their souls. Tooch, uh, what, do you, uh, what do you got? Have you uh, been uh, doing anything in the gambling world? Yeah, I uh, I just signed an affiliate deal with BetUS. Oh, congratulations! So I'll, be, uh, I'll be promoting BetUS on Twitter. Excellent. So uh, I, you guys will see in the next. I have to sort some things out. I filled out all the info, and I got to choose my package and you know tweet, uh, and then they're going to give me like the graphics and the script and stuff, and I'll be, uh, you know, I have my own link where people can sign up for BetUS. Like uh, BetUS has some good. Uh, shows maybe uh maybe they'll want to sponsor our show although next uh football season with uh, sean and anthony so i'm working on that uh we will uh we'll see uh but uh bet us you know they had great some great college basketball and college football shows that i watched every weekend so mm-hmm. uh really uh, uh happy to to announce that and then uh had some great had a great month and week been uh been having some good picks and starting to see the uh Starting to see the, the 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 top play of the day pretty well. Recently, today I had uh, the Orioles team total over four and a half. I think they scored nine runs. So, uh, like, I've been betting just my top play every day. You know, just kind of uh, uh, get ahead, uh, build the bankroll a little bit better. And uh, recently, I uh, have had my dear aunt pass away. So I oh, will probably be uh, I'll be in the Chicago area in about a week. To uh, visit, it's hard because uh, my aunt was such a sweet woman. You know, I, I talked to my aunt every day because she's my my godmother, 
And uh, I'm really going to miss talking to her every day. I was like, this kind of thing, like my aunt loved to talk. She was like one of the uh, uh, people where you could, I could probably set the phone down, go make myself a sandwich and a drink, come back, she'd still be talking. You know, I don't know if you have any relatives like that, but uh, my aunt loved oh, to yeah. talk. And, and uh, uh, she would call me every day unless I could call her first. Yes, my Aunt Phyllis. And uh, she's just a sweet lady, so nice. And uh, my wife loved her, too. And, um, yeah, we. Uh, I, it's weird because I, I, I don't talk. I'm not going to be talking to her anymore. Uh, and, and like when I was driving home from work, I would give her a call. Aunt, Aunt Phyllis, you know, how you doing and stuff. And she was old school Italian, you know, West Side, Chicago, you know, uh, no nonsense, you know, street tough. But a uh, really sweet lady. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, she had, a, a strained her back and had some back pain. And then, uh, she, uh, the pain was really, really too, uh, was really, uh, hurting her back. You know, it, it affected what she just laid in bed, you know, her back, it was like full body pain, you know? And then, uh, after that, she kind of just progressively got worse until, you know, I was trying to get a hold of her for like three Three days, all I was get was a, a, a the busy tone or whatever, and I thought maybe the phone she fell or something. The phone, I was trying to get a hold of my cousins or uh, someone to go over and do a wellness check on her, and uh, she had uh, passed away last Friday night in the in the hospital. So uh, by the time I had got found out what happened to her, she had already passed away. But Easter Sunday, I was there. I got to say goodbye to her, or at least I visited with her. I didn't really, you know, I, my wife and I were like, I don't know, she doesn't look good. She was, you know, she didn't we brought food she didn't want to eat usually she loves to eat and stuff so yeah a little down you know yeah. I, I uh i'll miss her miss her quite a bit you know just at least my, my talks with her every night yeah i'm sorry yeah. for your loss man it's always yeah. tough when you lose a family member it's yeah a little bit tougher when you lose one that's so special to you yeah um, and, and our best i probably to talk to her more than i did do to my mom you know it's like yeah you yeah know, just because she loved to talk sometimes. You know? so yeah yep uh and uh lots of condolences in the live chat yep. uh from the barflies yeah thank you everybody and cliff says hopefully there's an afterlife and we will see our loved ones again couldn't have said that better cliff yeah. really hoping for that afterlife man I hope yeah. I could be <laughs> that would be really cool if you gave me a break and let me yeah. in there um so uh I just want to say that tomorrow night we're going to have a special Gabriel Talks football in prime time. Nice. I'm not sure if it's going to be 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., but we will be live. And Greg is working on uh, giving us some reports on the undrafted free agents. So just talk football in general. I know uh, that show gets – I don't really have to write a uh, game plan for that show because – so many questions come in uh, to just like seventy five percent of it is Greg answering questions. It's uh, yeah, yeah, fun. I think um, I've caught I've caught every Gabriel show for the past few, month or so. I've been watching just to you know make sure I, I don't sound like an idiot We're talking about these players and stuff <laughs> you know, because uh, the insight you get is really great. You know, yeah, indeed. Uh, renewable. Eric Lambert, Lambert keeps met mentioning uh, Gabriel talks football every 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 week. Eric, Eric Lambert. Because, uh, Greg, <laughs> Your picture uh, in Gabe's 
your picture and Greg's picture always on uh, Sports Mockery. How do you know that? Yeah. Greg, Greg has had a uh, kind of a beef with Eric over the years, so uh, I don't think they follow each other on social media. Okay. So I didn't know that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, there's a story there. I don't there. think Eric knows that. He's oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. He's giving you guys all the free publicity. Oh, you know? how funny! Like every that? time I pull up a, I pull up a Eric Lambert story. There's Aldo and Greg, you know, in the middle of the page. You know, both your guys' picture. You know, that with is the link, hilarious. You can just click on the on the YouTube show. No, oh, how cool! Well, thank so you, cool Eric. That? Gonna, yeah, I've invited Eric on not Greg's show because I don't think that would go over well with Greg. No. But I've invited him on uh, this show or a couple other shows. So hopefully we'll get him on. I'd love to talk to him. He is, he yeah, is Eric does come with some controversy uh, behind him, uh, but uh, yeah. he's, he's definitely a good writer, entertaining guy on social media, and uh, disperses yeah. some interesting information about the if, uh, bear. If clickbait were a person. <laughs> that's right. It would be Eric Lambert, right? <laughs> Bears fans would agree it would be Eric, Lam Eric Lambert. That's yeah. hilarious. Uh, Triple R wanted to know if I would play the trailer for Gran Turismo. Are you What's familiar that? with this movie? No. I think it's a Marvel movie. And so I think that's going to be the way we'll, we'll end this mm. week's episode. We'll play the trailer and fade yeah. to black. So for John Santucci, Dan Aguirre, Dan's Little Kitty, hopefully it's uh, yeah. better. And myself, Aldo Gandia, uh, thank you all for watching. We'll leave you with the official trailer for Gran Turismo. I believe nice. this is a Marvel movie. And I hope you can hear it. Coming now. Yeah. All you do is sleep mm. games with some crazy dreams of racing cars. Dad, you're the one that told us to always do something we love. You know what racing cars cost? <laughs> Look around. It's not our world, son. What is this? It's a contest. The best Gran Turismo players in the world get a chance to compete in professional racing. Dude, this is real. This is real. I'm sorry. You really think you're going to take a kid who plays video games in their bedroom, you're going to strap them to a 200-mile-an-hour <laughs> rocket? It'll tear him to pieces. <laughs> you can hate me now. It's not gonna work. The guys who race are elite athletes. But I won't stop now. Your kids are scrawny little gamer kids. Well, that's why you come in. Come on, let's go. Because I can't stop now. Must be a new experience for you moving your legs. <laughs> you puked on my lawn. There's no turning back now. When you're in a race, the cockpit is gonna be 140 degrees Fahrenheit. G-forces will be twice what an astronaut experiences upon liftoff. I can't see anything! Hey, you get extra points for that in the game? Jesus Christ. I had to hustle hard, never give up. This whole thing is insane, but out of the couch-surfing nerds that you sent me, he is the best one. You made it. Yes! Welcome to Team Nissan. What's next? Major leagues. The other drivers are going to hate you. Come on! Whoopsie. What is your problem? Part of the game is called racing. If you miss a line in the game, you reset. You miss it on the track. You could die. I know this track. I've raced it a thousand times. 
That's what I'm talking about. But I won't stop now. Thank you.